0: And I'm making this motherfucking cameo for my motherfucking boys Benno and JP over at Grapple Podcast. Yeah, they're repping MDK all motherfucking day. And I want to thank you too for repping the gang the right way. I want to thank you too for supporting Nick Gage for all these motherfucking years. And I want to say thank you for watching my Dark Side of the Ring episode. But I want to tell your boy Grappling Garth, the next time I see you motherfucker, I'm gonna cut your ass for not being MDK gang affiliated motherfucker, so you better stay out of my fucking way. This is Nick fucking Gage giving a shout out to Benno and JP, real motherfuckers, on the Grappling Podcast. It's MDK all motherfucking day. Grappling Garth. You better not see me, motherfucker. I will cut your ass.
1: Oh, and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Beno. I'm JP. And I'm not Grappling Guy. <laughs> oh. oh, what an intro! Joe, shout out to Joe for that one. <laughs> grappling Guy. He didn't just get G- Gareth wrong. He got Grapple wrong as well. And what hits more, Gareth? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get the brand in
2: right. Mate.
1: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this episode is now demonetized as he just said there. Uh, and the Metallica boys are are uh, going to be coming for us. <laughs> Fucking hell, okay. grappling
3: Garth. Metallica. <laughs> Has
1: not- he you changed your mind at all, Gareth? Like, I, I mean, me and JP enjoyed that video. You know, we're Mdk all day. He's a, uh, we're down with Nick Gage He's a uh, not a fan of you though, mate. Yeah. Uh, do the threats oh, change, you, change your change your opinion? Garth, I, don't,
4: I don't know who this grappling Garth character is, but clearly uh, he's got he's got some big issues with uh, with, with him. Unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm fully there with you guys. I'm MNS or MFI or DFS or whatever it, is with the it You
2: know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm
1: I'm I'm there with knobs on with you, like oh yeah, no worries. See, a likable man. Always been. I've always said it. Likable man.
3: That's mm. on a gauge. I just don't. And get a fair cut, man as well. And in no way rushes to judgment. No, on, on someone. Um, oh. Yes, I have to admit that was an experience. Hearing mm. that, like on the way to work. What day was it? Last week? <laughs> was it? Like last Thursday. Or something Thursday morning. Like I just woke up to a million
1: notifications on Twitter. I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then I realised, yeah, Athens. <laughs> like, what? I don't know how much oh. it cost, but it was worth it. Uh, it's appreciated.
3: And God. he was rewarded by also Blackpool going up on uh, on Sunday. So uh, shout out to Joe. He's very very happy. Good week for that. But fucking hell, yeah. I, is he going to come to Liverpool? I hope he's coming so. to Liverpool. I hope Garth gets a photo with him. Um, you are just Garth now. That's your name. Uh, and you got to be wearing that T-shirt.
4: it's. Uh, it's, it's... So, like, just so so funny there, you, you're just, like, you're Garth now, we're, like, in our group chats and things, it's just Garth, 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 <laughs> all, all the time. And, like, so, like, every place I've worked, though, I feel like I've always just ended up, like, defaulting to, pe- like, the girls in the office just calling me Garth and things like that for a laugh, and somehow it seems to have, like, followed me here as well, courtesy of uh, Nick Gay. So, there you go, one more uh, one more reason to to dislike the man, but uh, as JP says, is is very fair. Finds out that somebody uh isn't a big fan of his, so he's, he's going to cut their ass. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. So. Uh, I, uh, I, I hope he's soft and gentle, and he's cutting my ass. Because, uh, yeah,
3: I, Why I, your ass first? Mm. Well, that's, that's just another question. It's, it's curious, curious. But um, yeah, yeah. if he murder, death, kill, then the ass isn't the go-to area for the stabbing, is it? <laughs> it's it's,
4: it's, it's going to be a very slow death, bleeding out from there. But um, mm. you know, maybe that's maybe that's what he's going for. Maybe he's really going to drain me like a pig or something like
2: that
1: I don't know well as Liam said there in the chat murder death character there you go that's the uh, (laughs)
2: that's
1: (laughs) the gang we're in M&S gang affiliated (laughs) 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 oh one oh, well, day, if he does,
4: if he, if he does, uh, if he does come to Liverpool, I'll, mm. I'll just do a runner and try and get him to follow me into Norris Green, and I'll let the uh, the Dogs uh, fuck him up. So uh, there you go. <laughs> there you, go. <laughs> they're, they're, they're,
1: <laughs> you never heard of they're the Naza Dogs, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Ross Kang Gang yeah. once came to Liverpool, didn't he, Gareth? And did like a whole uh, thing on them, and it's like just like the teenagers in black North Face jackets, like. <laughs> but it was like he'd been to like Brazil and he'd been to like you know Colombia and stuff and. Covered all these cartels, and then he's just talking to some lads on a moped in Norwich Green. <laughs> Once 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 they
4: cross that postcode line, you're fucking not having it. So as soon as Gauge Gauge goes in there, he'll uh, he'll have those uh, he'll have those North Face ninjas on his back there. So uh, don't Mm. worry, I've got my I've got my plan. I've got my escape plan.
3: I think you'll find that they might be twinned with the M D K gang in New Jersey. So Mm. like one of those twin cities Um. before war, full warfare. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was fucking. It was all kicking off around here this weekend, like at Formby Beach. There was apparently a a man with a, um, a samurai sword, a man with a machete. Like, <laughs> apparently somebody somebody down the road from Fonby me beach. in the Baltic Market just got yeah yeah. Apparently apparently I read like the eyewitness news. It was like there was a fight, and then one of the lads pulled out a machete, and then the other lad pulled out a samurai sword. It's like I know it was hot this weekend, but fucking our lads, calm down. It's Formby Beach. <laughs>
3: It's all got a bit Big Trouble in Little China in Liverpool. For Honestly, that, mate. It? <laughs> it's all kicking off. Stephen French as David Lopan. I like it. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. But yeah, apart from like th- threats of death from Nick
1: Gage, we all have a, a good bank holiday weekend. It's like, yeah. Fucking! I've been been busy this weekend. We did we did a lot of podcasting, didn't we? But I managed to uh, get out, have some drinks. Went into Liverpool City Centre on Saturday. Went to a family barbecue on Saturday afternoon outside, which was a fucking experience. A lot of a uh, lot of elderly relatives leaning in for hugs and trying to sh- like uncles trying to shake my hand and stuff. It was like fuck. I thought I thought COVID was still a thing. Apparently not. Uh, at least not in my family. But it was nice to see people uh, and have a few drinks and stuff. So aside from all the other podcasting and wrestling stuff.
3: Oh, yeah. It was It was kind of similar here. Like, if I wasn't podcasting with, with you two, mm. then I was kind of outside because the mm. weather got nice and managed to enjoy a bit of that. even got um, slightly burnt, mm. but managed to get away with it. Um, outside of that, yeah, uh, in, in other news, as I was saying on the pre-show, I bought a darts board today, mm. which was ri- rightly pointed by Ivan and Chat as maybe being an impulse purchase. <laughs> the more I think of it, it's like, mm. yeah, perhaps it was, but... Mm. Yeah, that's my summer sorted. Mm. It's going to get fucking good at the arrows. (laughs) Big time. There you go. You need hobbies. It works. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Uh,
1: How about you got I I
4: feel like all I've done is podcast with you too, honestly and, and, and watch wrestling and podcast with you too. basically I've, it's been quite good we've had uh, the kids have been having you know off with friends and things like that as which is a rare occurrence seemingly so I just seem I've had a, a little uh, little bit of free time so mm. as being able to like catch up on what I need to watch and then actually watch some extra stuff as well so
2: yeah, yeah.
4: It's all, all good from that point of view and enjoy a little bit of the sun while we it uh, seems like it's a uh, mid-turn I, w- I was intending on there trying to get the uh, trainers uh, back on this weekend and start running, but then the uh, the sun gave me a good excuse not to uh, not oh. to do that because yeah, too hot. You can't, you can't can't start running and getting fit again, can you? And it's, uh, wow. it's too hot.
1: You say that. That reminds me. This morning, I mentioned on the uh, the pre show there, as well as a little uh sneaky bonus story to go with uh, the, the drama going on my doorstep about a particular letter that was slid through my door this weekend. patreon.com so grapple if you want to know what we're talking about. I'm a tease, aren't I? Um, but
3: yeah, um, I went uh, obviously stay. Your neighbours are a fucking tease. More at the point, aren't they? Mate, oh, the gift the they keep on giving. <laughs> oh yes, <yeah.
1: Those> <laughs> Oh yes, to the uh, the lady of the house. But um yeah, I, I, after staying up late for double or nothing, I said to you, so I went and helped me brother move. Uh, he lives by you Gareth in, uh, in Crosby so I was up like two hours after my head hit the pillow moving heavy stuff got in the van went to uh, to drive to where he was moving to uh, not far from yours saw one Jamie Carragher just having a jog down the street so you know if it's, it's good for Jamie you need to uh, step your game up Gareth and, uh, and get out there with him did you spit at him? <laughs> Spat <Spattered> at <laughs> us, to be honest. I don't know why. I didn't do anything, you know. But he just likes to spit. That fella, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun seeing a Jamie Carragher sighting in the wild.
3: How was he looking these days? He seems, He, he, he seems Followed you two around quite a lot, really, isn't he? He just lives in Gareth's yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. You
4: see him. All, you see him all the time. He's It's just mm. like. I don't know. He's like integrated into this into Crosby so much that no one even fucking bothers him. You know. He just. Mm. You know. He just. He's just I let me mean, just see him all the time, kind of thing. Whereas I did have a lesser spotting, lesser spotted sighting of Steven Gerrard at the. It's the kids swimming a uh, mm. class on Saturday morning. So that was a uh, that was quite bizarre to see him because normally he's like everyone always says he's the miserable bastard who fucking hides away and doesn't like actually engage with everyone because he just gets mauled. But he was a uh, he was uh, he seemed surprisingly pleasant for the uh, Stephen Gerrard uh, stories that you hear about him just going about his business as well. So didn't punch uh, in the face. Mellowed, mellowed him out a bit. No, no, I didn't. But you know, it wasn't making a uh, just request at uh, form be swimming pool. They put on a bit of Phil Collins or anything like that for, for him. I mean, I he wasn't know. being
3: followed by a couple of fucking big heavies, was he, or anything else? Like
4: <laughs> no, no, there was no uh, no no gangsters behind him or anything like that. So, don't know. Must be mellowing in his old age, old uh,
1: old Stephen. <laughs> you seen any good celebrities this weekend, JP? No.
3: no. Um, the kind of people you see around Oxford are like Peter Hitchens and the mm-hmm. like I've seen a few times. And uh, I've got, a, yeah, he, he's got a big beard. I've got mm-hmm. nothing else to add to that. No yeah. celebrities around it, just <laughs> rich people. <laughs> oh, wow. Just look at their houses and I'm fucking envious. I'm like, mm-hmm. How did you bastards end up here? Anyway, there you go. Move up north, mate. We'll sort you out still. Oh, mate, they're giving away houses compared to what it is down here. <laughs> it's like the fucking set of Ready, play, ready Player One. Christ, like living on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I was going to say yeah, as well as uh, all
1: that stuff. Obviously, that you say this weekend we were very, very busy uh, podcasting. We did our uh, XWF uh, retrospective on uh, on Friday, as well as the weekend preview and the, uh, the live uh, happy hour for our, our patrons last night. We just mentioned, but yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun. That uh, XWF uh, episode trip down memory we lane, uh, suggested by oh. King of the Mountain uh, Dylan Shaw, who came on and had a, a quick chat with us at the start before we uh, we reviewed it. And yeah, like you we are saying. I think we we all, we all learned a little something doing that one, I think. Uh, one thing I learnt was that, yeah, Marty Giannetti has uh, been screwed over by time and, uh, you know, he could have been the biggest star in wrestling in 2001, but other than that, to uh, plenty, you know, who was still alive, who was dead at the time, you know. That's a, a nice yeah. little
3: uh, gap in all of our wrestling knowledge filled. Well, there, there is a big Ian Harrison, British Storm Ian Harrison gap mm. in my life that needs to be kind of filled with the mystery of who this man is and... Uh, <laughs> And really what happened with him and, mm. and why wasn't he a, an enormous star? Mm. But yeah, it was um, it was kind of fascinating because it's a really interesting point in time, mm. sort of post the death of, right after the death of WCW and ECW mm. and wrestling is in a flux and there's lots of people out there who aren't signed and don't have contracts. And then this comes about and it's the other things like the marketing. We go mm. in talking about the logos the uh, presence or lack thereof of one Hulk Hogan who if you look at the poster in like Kevin Nash film form, it's mm. like a severe lie about how much he actually takes part in it. But um yeah, really good fun. Really mm. um like it was it was it was one of those kind of shows where there's there's so much you can go into and talk about and where people went to from there and the surprising amount of people who are still involved in wrestling in various forms as well. But yeah, yeah, really mm. good show. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a beautiful snapshot of what a
4: wrestling promotion run by Greg the Hammer Valentine, and <laughs> Brian Knobs, and uh, Jimmy uh, and Jimmy Hart would be, and yeah, you can um, you can imagine the uh, level of success that it was likely to have in the future as well. So it was uh, interesting to break down as well, but uh, yeah, I just have to echo Beno's uh, sentiments there about Marty Janetti in great shape, looking oh. great, Nick, and his. And things like that. Just shame, shame he wasn't six foot six with a skinhead and a beard. Otherwise, it, uh, it'd have been over. He'd have been the top guy. But um, mm. yeah, there's only room for. It was a joke.
1: It was a joke. Like, like honestly, yeah. like you say, he came out. It wasn't wasn't like he was just wearing rockers' gear and coming out to rockers' knockoff music and living off his uh, his fame of, uh, of a decade before that. No, you know, he got himself into decent shape, some new bicy- bicycle shorts, some nice sunglasses, and then he goes out there and he gets squashed in about like two minutes <laughs> in each of his <laughs> appearances on it. It was an absolute travesty, I thought.
3: Was this the straw that broke the
1: camel's back with Marty? Yeah. <laughs> well, he came back even wilder. He did those curse angle matches in WWE not long after that, you know. Oh, but, yes. but maybe, maybe it's part of the pattern. JP, you know, he got his he got his shit together, and then yeah, XWF just didn't take that didn't run with him. They went with Ian Harrison instead.
3: I assume he worked both of those matches on the same day, mm-hmm. like just to like that was as good as you were going to get Marty at that point in time. As <laughs> it's coming the next day, just wasn't going to happen.
1: We got him on the one good day. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> Got him on a one good day. He's in there, he works his matches, and it's just like, Don't be back tomorrow. It's like, what's the point? You're not gonna be back. Mm. You'll be chucking a large package into the fucking Florida fucking weeds, won't he? <laughs> may or may not be a dead person. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm
4: sure it was. I'm sure it was very clean backstage at that show. When you look at the uh, when you look at the roster, I'm sure there was absolutely nothing <laughs> going on backstage. They were all just a nice cup of tea and a few sandwiches.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But like, I was looking at their um, their cage match after, like, just kind of added on while we were like doing the show and stuff, and kind of just looking at the 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 extent of which you know they carried on doing like house shows and such, and kind kind of carried on trying to like flog this. Corpse of a of a promotion that yeah just you know Jimmy Hart had some tape somewhere with Hulk Hogan on it so he was going to do whatever he could to uh to sell that thing and then do something with it and like some of these house shows like you know they got apparently Viscera turned up and was their champion for a bit like I, I didn't realize he was still alive in two thousand and one <laughs> Terry Funk got got a, got a oh, few bookings else. they continued on with the uh, the Road Warriors and uh, a Nasty Boys few which again Road Warriors were another one like uh like the Public Enemy on this shows that I was just mainly shocked they were still alive in hey, uh, in 2000 mate. sorry mate give them their proper name their proper name yeah <laughs> it's just yeah it, it, you know they made a good try they made a good effort of it afterwards it just yeah I don't think anyone turned up to those house shows either so I don't think it was a uh, it was ever happening for them
3: yeah it was it was one of these things where uh, like apparently Jimmy Hart paid a hundred grand for those tapes mm. did he fucking hell do you think he's got £100,000 worth of fucking value out of those tapes? <laughs> really? Yeah, I oh, know. A- Considering he doesn't even turn up by the end of that show as mm. Gareth pointed out. Like, yeah. when they're doing their little inserts, even he can't be asked.
2: <laughs>
3: I think
4: he spent that much money on the tapes that he just couldn't afford his bloody trans for the next day or something yeah. like that just to, to get himself to that little uh, studio that him and Brian Nobs were taping out of.
3: I think he was eating spuds and tuna in the back of his car like the fucking boys. going to use a couple of his jackets as a fucking blanket. Oh, back I, on
4: I, I, I think he knew he couldn't match Brian Knobbs' heartfelt tribute to all the wrestlers who'd since subsequently died, who were on those shows. And then when it came to the the point of the vi- videos as well, the, a solemn Brian Knobbs there at the end with a you know his uh, his tributes. What what better man could you <laughs> want to try and yeah. sum up the, the the life and career of uh, some of some of these great wrestlers? who had a, a tear in my eye. Mm.
3: I very much had Elton John at Princess Diana's funeral vibes when I saw that. Mm. Um, <laughs> which, I don't know, maybe Brian Nob's playing Candle in the Wind as a, as a montage of various wrestlers of his who have died at... Incredibly young ages, post passed on the screen.
1: Oh, amazing! Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, if anyone, uh Joe Mills mentioned there, Rey Mysterio, yeah, he turned up on those those uh, those subsequent shows as well. He also did five star wrestling. Um, there you go. Yeah. X- the, the, the XWF dream lived on um, through other <laughs> defunct promotions in the uh, in the years that followed. Wow. But God, honest to God. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to say go out and watch it. Um, it is free on on YouTube. The the XWF uh, DVD, but you know, maybe maybe skip through it, give it give it a little bit of a look, just because you, yeah. you can see Willie Nelson, Hulk Hogan cut some promos and never work any matches. You know, you can get a you can get a little bit of value of it, but mainly just listen to Alice us. Cooper.
4: <laughs> it, is, it is it is free on YouTube. Poor Jimmy paying his hundred grand for the tape. <laughs>
1: That's
2: good. That's point, yeah. <laughs> Do
1: You think he knows? I don't think he knows how to use YouTube. He's an older fella, isn't he?
2: He does. No chance. <laughs>
1: oh. I was going to say my other favourite story that I felt like I read afterwards, was like, like uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, who was like one of the other like silent owners who also doesn't appear on the DVD, was fuming that they didn't give him any time in ring, that he didn't get any matches. <laughs> it's like in two thousand and one, like, Greg valentine's fuming because he's not getting tv time. towers like mate can, <laughs> i can't think of a more 1985 a
4: wrestler. <laughs> can, can you imagine though like every match on, on the sh- on the whole three episodes was like five minutes or less mm. he, he wouldn't even get to the ring in five minutes you know he'd yeah. be just uh he'd, he'd be just uh, doing his uh doing his walk into the ring and getting through the ropes at that point you <laughs> might have got a lock up out of him in five <laughs> minutes possibly so it's uh, uh, it was probably probably well-timed really
3: oh. i mean I don't know. There's a novelty value of seeing Greg Valentine versus Christopher Daniels mm. or Quick Kick, yes, aka Loki. Loki, um, Loki Greg Valentine. You're <sighs> saying you wouldn't? Would well, be curious to see what that's going to be like. <laughs> see how it ends. That's what you. That's what you do. You put him in there and go like they need a veteran to work with, well. even though he clearly should never be that veteran. <laughs>
4: there's no chance. There's no, there's no chance based on the booking of the show where they dug up the Jimmy Snooker storyline. Mm-hmm. The only match Greg Valentine was having on that was a, a fucking dog collar match with uh, Roddy Piper. That was the, that was literally the only thing that they were going to be doing with uh, with him because uh, it was quite clear that they uh, these are the big stars. These are the these these are the guys. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get good old Jimmy Snooker involved again and <laughs> let's have uh, let's have him and Roddy Piper running a storyline. That's what people want to see. Two thousand and one.
1: Oh, either that or saying that the modern stuff the other the show wasn't much better. As I've been said in the chat, there Josh Matthews did go over AJ Styles on one of the shows. MTV's Josh Matthews, by the way, to MTV. Tough enough, stress, yes, me. give him the full title. You're <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, don't forget um, his nickname. <laughs> but yeah, Joe said there, made it nostalgic for early TNA. Yeah, it made me too. We'll, we will do that at yeah. some point. That's a, another idea for a show we'll do. Maybe uh, go back and uh, look at how, uh, how TNA started up. I think would be a, a good uh, look yes. back in history as well. But yeah, obviously when, when this thing uh, drops on audio, it will be the first of the month. So it is the perfect mm-hmm. time to sign up to Grapple Patreon and get, a, get shows like that one. Um, like I say, we did our XWF uh, review this weekend. Uh, obviously, we did our weekend preview as normal which you get every friday um day- jp's daily updates we also did our, our grappy hour episode on sunday which is kind of our live call in show once a month for our live subscribers and yeah we've got a uh, plenty more uh, coming up in the uh, in the month of june jp for uh, for people to uh, check out yeah
3: yeah we do we're going to be doing a uh, retrospective of uh, a flashback episode looking at the 2005 ecw one night stand mm-hmm. that we're doing for our, our uh, king of the mountain patron gunny um we're also going to be doing a mixtape. Mm. Quite what the content of that is, you'll find out very soon. Mm. Um, uh, at some point, we'll be also doing uh, one of our five to ones. I mean, we kind of have a theme of of some of the shows that we're going to be doing. So there's mm. going to be a, a good few of those coming. Got to pick
1: who our film as club well. is this month
3: as well. You know,
1: got to, got to yeah. some good options.
3: Yeah, we do. Mm. There's a. There, do we? Uh, I, I was going to throw one out there for. You. I was going to say Money Plane. We haven't got <laughs> it. Rather than after after him. him. Yeah, you're not sold on that.
1: <laughs> I think it's time as a it's, meme just came and went, didn't it? Like, does anyone care what money playing yeah. now? <laughs> like, a year ago, maybe. Like, maybe. <laughs> we do Edge Film Club and it wins, I'm willing I'll, I'll to do it. That means you have to watch all of Vikings.
3: It is, <laughs> <think it> is. <laughs> what else has he done? He tried well.
1: to be a serious actor for a while, didn't he? Before he came back and, and sunk should... up the joint in WWE.
3: I should point out that Vikings is not available on patreon.com forward slash grapple. Must be on the JP's drive, but (laughs) you talk to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that is included uh, and all of that stuff like you say JP is a daily update and yeah we'll have uh, more film clubs coming uh, like I say we, want, we definitely want to do a Kurt Angle one at some point definitely want to do a, a Sid Vicious one at one point and yeah obviously get the Spotlight live every Monday as well like uh, this Double or Nothing review we're, uh, we're about to do to mm. you know, you can get that uh, live and timely in video um, on YouTube uh, each week as well but before we do get into um, AEW and, and all of that stuff there's this week's episode is brought to you by WrestleCrate, um, who are our, our sponsor this week. Uh, if you do want to get yourself a, a WrestleCrate subscription box, which is the original mystery box as far as uh, wrestling merchandise goes, t shirts, figures, autographs, mm. all of that good stuff, if you go to wrestlecrate.co.uk and use promo quote grapple, it's kind of a nice uh, kickback to us as, uh, as well. So, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're not one uh, for, for signing up to the, uh, the Patreon, that's another way you can uh, support us as well. I've opened my one up earlier and, yeah, it's a quite a pack I was quite happy to be honest JP because there's a, a t-shirt in here I think you'd love the El Fantasma. oh yeah um, white t-shirt it is uh, perfect for the summer I was uh, gutted I didn't wear that this uh, this bad holiday weekend but yeah you get a, a t-shirt pins uh, also if you uh, mentioned earlier use our code you get a, you do always get an autograph in these things mine uh, this month is, uh, is Jake the Snake Roberts but you get an extra bonus autograph if you uh, use our code as well but yeah I've got a nice signed picture of Jake the Snake Roberts here best of Cactus Jack in ECW Volume One um, in this month's pack. Uh, Cerebral motorcycles. Better me that. There you go. Gareth definitely
3: that. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: That that, that was the one that was
4: pulled out. So I was definitely thinking like, oh yeah, I'd love a bit of that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good can stuff. I steal it from your flat when I visit I'll be giving it a go
1: well we said you can take the turn next time JP you can have the uh, yeah, you true. can have the crate next time I'll, I'll make sure to tell him you're not an XL like me though um, that would uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't want an XL especially with all the weight you've lost uh, this year but yeah um, plenty of uh... like I'm dying when you say <laughs> I'm just making myself farm fat to be honest um, but yeah <laughs> sorry guys as
4: long as you don't as long as you don't hog that inside the ropes magazine as well I'll be nicking that off you as well yeah there you go a bit of bath time reading that could be for me
3: yeah well I mean yeah inside the, it's the ropes it's a good bit of toilet reading where, where, where the great reading is generally done
1: I'm just glad there's still Wrestler magazines. Obviously, a big fan of uh, Fighting Spirit magazine yeah. and a big fan of Brian Elliott himself. Got a, a ring ropes uh, a red uh, wristband in here as well as uh, my cerebral motorcycles lapel pin. I even got a frisbee JP that you were uh, loving earlier, Lucha Libre um, theme frisbee. Um, in this pack it's, uh yeah, it's packed. They, uh, they don't you don't skimp on things uh, over uh, over at essentially
3: roll up as well with that. I don't know if I can say that, but. <laughs> No, Sometimes sense of multiple hey, uses.
1: If it sells more subscriptions, wrestlecrate.co.uk yeah, promo exactly. code grapple, you know. Or uh... well,
3: wrestlecrate, I'm giving you ideas, here. <laughs> like, you, 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 you get in on that fucking headshot business. Clean up.
1: Money to be made? What is be made? But yeah, like I say, I would highly highly recommend Stone it. Some yeah.
3: Cane Steve Austin. <laughs> stuff, <I> <laughs>
1: Uh, a top rope in the dusty. Eh? Uh,
3: speaking of our friends, yeah, love those guys too. <laughs> just his, uh, just his face, red eyes, just, just <laughs> completely red blooded eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, amazing um, so yeah, some ideas for WrestleCrate but also, like I say, WrestleCrate.co.uk Provo code Grapple. give us some support and yeah, like I say, if you're someone who maybe doesn't fancy the Patreon or whatever this might be another way you, uh, you fancy to support us so yeah, if you do uh, thank you very much and yeah, uh, just keep uh, that in mind if you're ever considering signing up or indeed if you're already signed up, to it, cancel your subscription and sign up <laughs> Gara said that, not me. <laughs> uh, that brings us uh, nicely over to what we are uh, here to talk about uh, in detail, which is aw Double or Nothing. And to be honest, lads, we couldn't uh, couldn't talk about this this week without at least first um, mentioning the uh, the big news story of, uh, of Thursday and Friday that me and JP covered a little bit on the weekend show. But there has been a a little bit of a uh, more to do uh, with it and talking drama within the uh, the major wrestling companies and no I'm not just talking about uh, what Andy Quilden told uh, our mate Martin on, uh, on the BWE episode about apparently uh, when was
3: oh, <laughs> fucking
1: awesome the day of the Absolutely Copperback show awesome. apparently when, uh, yeah, when uh, NXT UK ran Triple H today Paul Heyman-esque rah-rah speech about how New Japan were coming to quote take food off of uh, NXT UK's table uh, if we all remember that day when <laughs> NXT UK Coincidentally, booked a UK takeover on the uh, the same day of, as the Copper Box show show and the uh, the AW pay per view that day. Just a pure coincidence, uh, as always. But yeah, the, <laughs> that did make me laugh. That did you guys hear that podcast? By the way, it was a uh, it was a, a good
3: time. Oh, It was great fun. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really cracking job. Uh, really cracking job. Always in- enjoy listening. to Martin, but yeah, having Andy on there mm-hmm. talking about beyond the map. But yeah, that that. That story in particular, mm. and it was <laughs> it almost like it felt like a justification. But there's very much part of you going, "I fucking knew it. Mm. I fucking knew it. That was the level that mm. this shit goes down to.
2: Mm. That's
3: how like ridiculous and childish and petty they are when it comes to any any semblance of some, somebody daring to run wrestling. Mm. Um, l- lest we forget, if the if the reasoning behind it behind him saying that is coming into your territory, as in like they're coming to the UK. Mm. I wasn't aware that WWE were a UK registered company. That's news (laughs) to me, and I seem to be coming here for a very, very long time. Um, Yeah, absolutely. If you if you went along, Mm. you know who you are, Mm. and you know you did it. Mm. It's like you know. So don't be um, no da da speeches going on here, and all that. No bullshit, lads. You fucking joined in with it, and we know the ones who would have joined in on that as well. But um the idea actually of seeing like Eugene Nagata nick food off some of the NXT UK's uh, like table, mm. I'm up for that. I reckon he would fucking take it and he'd take it by force. <laughs> oh yeah. And he'd get it. Mm. He'd, he'd be he'd well, be elbow and yeah. the lads out the way.
4: Well, yeah. better than better than poor Miko Satamora. Was it you who retweeted that again? I think uh, last week. Oh, Bennett, her with the uh, with, her, with with her breakfast that she had in the, the hotel when she was over here. So Apparently,
1: she's moving to the UK after that breakfast. Yeah. She's still <laughs> moving after that Red Wings breakfast.
4: That's that's how that's how good the uh, NXT UK um, food that they're putting on tables is. That she's uh, <laughs> absolutely satiating for that uh, that cheapo breakfast that she was uh, dished up there. But like, oh fucking hell! I mean, just hearing Andy talk about that that story and just. The, you know, the the idea of them all there and just like just going along with it and, uh, you, you know, when you just think the world that they've been in 12 months previously and things like that being made up to be working with like New Japan wrestlers and things like that on Red Pro cards and things and then obviously like ambitions previously and things going over there and working over there and things are oh, just hilarious stuff and like you say jp it's just great to hear that isn't it because it's all these little things that you sort of succe- yes. you suspect and you just like you, i don't but know just you crazy. assume is the case <laughs> yeah you assume it's the case and then you hear the confirmation and you just like yes
1: ah yeah 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 you know it's happening and like uh it was just funny and andy tell the story about yeah you know this is a and the thing about it is a lot of them enjoying this rah-rah speech of wrestlers who like because they were having i think triple h is also known for doing those speeches over like wrestlemania weekends you know they're they're coming and you know taking our fans and whatever and it's like like Quilden. Well, said, so like half of the wrestlers he's doing the speech to, we're doing these indie shows like last year or the year before or we're doing rev pro you know the year before that as well it's just yeah it's typical i um, mean uh, no self aware but maybe that explains uh, the big story that did uh, did come out this week. WWE doesn't like uh, like I say. Anyone else to have any any food on the table? And yeah, as we talked about on the weekend show, JP, uh, there was a report from uh, Meltzer and the Observer saying that WWE and New Japan have been uh, having talks uh, led by Nick Khan, um, talking about the uh, the potential of a of a relationship uh, as far back as uh, March and April. PW Insider, and uh, as I said, uh, our mate Mick Johnson, um, uh, not not the Mick Johnson, but the other one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Looks to throw cold water on Melter stories and was kind of like, ah, really? It was more a discussion about, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan um, you know that motherfucker and his uh, potential um, wanting to do New Japan shows maybe under a, a WWE umbrella. So Nick Khan was more there to to broker a, a deal maybe along those lines. Um, although you know the, the, the PW Insider did leave the uh, the door open to the possibility that more discussions had gone on. But we did say JP uh, after we talked about it on Friday that there's always, there's always going to be more in these stories and we. Got Got more this weekend. We got the uh, the Tony Khan in his in his sunglasses, in his Impact promo mode, uh, cutting a promo on uh, on Nick Khan. Uh, I'm saying he's the uh, the only Khan um, (laughs) in wrestling, and yeah, talking about how well, as we kind of said, how can how can this be true? And yeah, you're doing a great job uh, in this uh, in this negotiation. When in the last couple of months, uh, AEW and Impact have been sharing lots of uh, New Japan talent. El Fantasmo's on the uh, the lovely wrestle uh, the WrestleCra t-shirt this week Um, he's doing impact yeah there you go you know and there's you know there's all kinds Rocky Romero appearing in the crowd a couple of weeks ago and he's you know he's office as far as New Japan goes and obviously the Yuji Nagata thing Kojima you know Moxley you know all of the stuff with him being the u.s champion the jericho situation but i did enjoy yeah big uh big tone khan getting his uh barbs in i know it's i know it's immature but fuck it well i, I like a good wrestling war i've got no problem with uh with uh with tony khan uh punching up and uh and having a little go at nick khan and trying to start a, a war of words i mean yeah i'll go to you to you first gareth i um, haven't spoke to you about this what was your uh, reaction to the overall story and what was your uh, reaction to uh, to tony khan's uh, big promo that dropped this weekend <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean the overall story is one of them where it's it's a weird one because at first you sort of like hear it and you're just like oh fuck no and then, and then you think like oh there's Stay in New Japan anyway. Kind <laughs> of thing. At the minute, you're a bit like, oh well, but I don't know. It was one of those where you think i like, hang about Every, for everything that you've said there. The amount of you know talent that's been working with Impact and AEW and all that across these different places. You just think, well, how can this be the case when quite clearly there's been that relationship starting to build with with different people in different areas, you know, there, and you know how much. Um, stock, I suppose, they, and faith they put in longevity relationships and closeness of relationships and things like that. So it, it all just felt a bit odd to me. So then um, oh, I'd love to see Tony Khan fire him back because, again, it's, it's one of those where we've almost like, you know. Since WCW closed, and you always had Eric Bischoff just taking shots and things like that live on air on Nitro and things like that, it's at, at WWF at the at, at the time. We've almost been like devoid of that alternative to just be having a pop at WWE and just taking little shots at them and things like that. So any chance that we've got to to have something like this, it's 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 all good. And like you say, if it feels a bit childish and things like that. So what? It's fucking. It's fucking entertaining, <laughs> at the end of the day. And if it's if it's rubbing up um, some people the wrong way in um in at, at the WWEs, you know, read a few things there. There's some people really not happy about it and things like that. You know, then then great because this is the kind of um, this is the kind of fire and things like that that you want uh, inputted into the in, in the industry mm-hmm. as well. And it has a lot. You know, there can be a lot of positive effects that come out of it as well. But the petty side of me also just likes just somebody having a pop and just having a go with them because they're, they're not used to it these days. And quite clearly, they can't handle it as well. You know, when you 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 know when you look at their reactions to things like that, that they just, you know, they react like fucking babies over stuff like this as well. And then especially even when you're you know, drawn back on things like that, you know, what Quilden was talking about there with that rah speech and things like that, the whole way that they handle any element of like competition or people trying to do something that's not in their way. You know, it's uh, great to see. Definitely.
3: more more of it, don't we, in wrestling, JP? Oh, absolutely. I want more of this. Um, mm. It was good. It was good because it's, it, it's also safe, and this is stuff that we discussed on the weekend show. Just don't see this. Whatever perceived new exclusive relationship with New Japan, I just don't see it happening. And they're not a company that can do it. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that Tony Khan knows. Go on, JP. He Say the line. Say the line. Do it. Hey, because I'll tell you why. Because Tony has read a fucking history <laughs> book. Yes. <laughs> if we could do a little adaptation, he has read a fucking history book, and he has mm. some awareness of this. And I think he sees the value in it,
2: mm.
3: of just like, oh wow, you're doing this. I'm like because he knows well. well a they're going to react to it, like, and they'll react to it in a childish way because they they, they can't help it. Mm. Um, it it it's just like an. It, it's that kind of stuff though that that is needed this is the stuff that when wcw was doing it it forced them to produce the best products that they ever have done and the most successful product they ever have done Mm. so and for a long time why we wanted competition was because they needed to kick up the ass because you saw what happened when there where there is no credible competition they completely take their foot off the gas and they've lost complete track of how to make stars and how Mm. to put together a a show that's relevant in 2021. So I think this kind of stuff, this kind of needle, like works in that way because any idea that they can do, like think of the times when they've done work with other promotions. Mm. The most successful ones I was thinking was like USWA. Mm. Like I'm not being funny, vast majority of times anything in Japan SWS dies a death they can't do it they're mm-hmm. completely incapable of working with other companies they're always going to be the alpha partner and they are the scorpion on the frog yeah. it is in their nature to fucking sting them and kill them halfway through they don't care No, and, and that's the job the job is to own wrestling that's what they see that and they think that this would be a way to do it whereas but they but they themselves I don't think would see any inherent value in New Japan. I know that sounds a really weird thing to say, but Tony Khan could say, Okay, we could put these kind of matches together. We could have these kind of like cards. You can see like the kind of bigger picture thinking around it. WWE wouldn't have it. It's to stop other people using their talent. People are living That's in. what it is. Dreamland if they think like, oh yeah, that means we're
1: gonna get Okada versus Cesaro in a forty minute match. It's like, no, you're not on what show? Is that happening on RAW or SmackDown? Fuck off. <laughs> like, it's it's the it's the same argument yeah. as when Daniel Bryan threatens to leave and you know comes back and everyone's like, Oh, he signed the contract, oh can't wait to see him do a tour and wrestle. I always use Chad Gable as the example, because that was one of the most ridiculous ones I remember hearing. Oh, him and Shad will go an hour or something. <laughs> no, we he won't do will have a shit do TV match and and that'll be the end of it, you know. You're, not, you're not getting anything good out of this if it happened and you know you hit the point there nail on the head there JP like this is you know it's an alpha beta situation like New Japan are used mm-hmm. to be in the alpha they used to be in the ones in charge of these relationships whether it's Ring of Honor or or CMLL or, or whatever else like AEW is one thing where it's maybe more of a 50-50 partnership like for them to become secondary to a to a WWE like even even the knobheads in charge of New Japan right now we've made some terrible decisions last these last six months I hope they're not daft enough to make a bad decision like that
4: and plus we're also like looking at things from a a world where you've still got that fucking crazy bastard running WWE anyway so you've maybe got you've maybe got these people who are like forward thinking and thinking okay let's let's you know maybe we do need to be part of a wide wrestling landscape and the, f- the fact that i keep hearing the word wrestling used is one thing <laughs> that he's not going to fucking like for a, for a start but then New japan pro entertainment you
2: know
4: potentially <laughs> you know there could be these negotiations could go on for months they could do all the things right they could put everything in place they could be one day away from signing this deal and then that crazy bastard could just be like we're not fucking doing this. What are you talking about? Like, as if, you know, we're we're world wrestling entertainment. We're the biggest company in the world. We're not doing something with those guys. We don't want to, we want to crush our, you know, and you just turn on a whim and suddenly just wipe the floor with, you know, several months worth of work anyway that anybody's put into it either as well. So I've, I mean, I've got zero confidence that he would want it. And then I think as we've talked about in the past as well, everything that, everything that you hear from a Nick Khan point of view, it's like, Good business sense and things like that, but when he starts to talk about wrestling, he just doesn't know what he's talking about does he? His, his entire wrestling knowledge is just WWE buzzwords and cliches and phrase. Every single thing that you hear spouted out of his mouth is just 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 buzzwords and cliches and things that happen in the you know internal wwe verbiage and things like that so clearly it's just all this internal bullshit lines that is just getting fed to him anyway so from a wrestling standpoint mm. he's got no fucking idea what he's talking about he's got, he hasn't got a clue i mean he'll do a tv deal or he'll sell your business for you or something like that but mm. he's uh he's certainly not going to be fucking he's not going to be having any level of knowledge or thinking about, you know, piecing together <laughs> the, the way that the, the wrestling landscape works from a, yeah. you know, day to day product
3: standpoint. I, no fucking idea. I, I looked at that comment from him as primarily like uh, uh, overall, it's a way of trying to instigate a bit of buzz amongst wrestling fans to make WWE kind of spoken about and maybe engaged more online. And that might drive, some small elements of business but that's the reason why it's done for completely cynical reasons they don't believe in a wrestling world Mm. they never have done wrestling is them and they are wrestling and anything else from that i I like okay we we have to kind of humor these people for a little bit but in fact all we're going to do is steal their stars Mm. because that's all they've ever done Mm. and any deal with like a new, yeah, it, that's why it doesn't seem feasible. And if you remember, it's not that long ago since the NXT, uh, NXT Japan plans came in, and there was very much a feeling of we need to protect the Japanese wrestling landscape in case NXT came in, and nobody had sold up to them. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, basically, basically people closed and- ranks, didn't they? And- Yeah, they completely closed ranks on Mm. this. And there was a lot of talk of like, no, no, this is like a a thriving industry. We're not having them come in and kill it. And it's like, well, like even for all of their mistakes, like that kind of stuff does matter within a Japanese business culture. So it's Mm. very hard to see them all of a sudden effectively completely changing the entire landscape of Japanese wrestling for very short term game because even though they may lose money New Japan they're not losing like ridiculous amounts of money for example they're not at the verge of closing down like where it might require some kind of fire sale or a deal with with WWE
1: yeah i think so and like that for me like it is just i think it's just bluster i think as chris has said there you know he said maybe new japan's fed it to melsa to you know to help yeah. the, the the aw deal maybe you know there could be some to and fro in there as far as like you know it, it, it'd be good for for new japan to maybe have a bit more leverage there as far as any potential aw deal in, in the future i kind of i buy that and to be honest the main the report i, I mainly trust and i do usually you know take. You know what Meltzer will say in The Observer for, for true, but I think what? What Mike Johnson's got in the in, in PW Insider this week, I think is it. I think it it makes it fits all of the puzzle pieces of you know the little bits of Daniel Bryan interviews where he'd be like, oh, you know what I'd really like to do is just go and do like a G one or go to New Japan or oh, I'd love to see Cesaro against Tomohiro Ishi, and he'll do little interviews like that. And all, all this is done to me. I just feel betrayed. I feel betrayed by Daniel Bryan. Like he was, he's our hero. He's our indie hero that we imagine wants to go out there and work an indie schedule again and wants to do an AEW want to do in New Japan I want to do in Mexico and instead what's See, happening easy oh yeah he's 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 got no he's got no bollocks i think that's what we've learned at this point like he's a fucking coward uh, if he does if he wants if he wants to do it he can fucking do it he's had time but like to go this way about it to be like yeah you know wwe coming up with a corporate partnership with new japan a company that we haven't had a lot of positive things to say about recently but you know uh, an important company in the wrestling landscape a company that in combination with aew you know all the forbidden jokes forbidden door jokes aside would be a genuine you know power player alternative tony khan always talks about you know this you know it's kind of us versus them we are the we are the other and you know that that those promotions are stronger together this is pure like yeah it's a defensive move from wwe you know if they can take that U Japan relationship away from AEW, that's great for them if they can make daniel bryan happy you know i've i've got no doubt that they don't particularly care about Daniel Bryan or how they use him on their show, but if they keep him away from AEW and keep him happy with like throwing him a bone with, yes, Sheamus gets sent to a G1 one year, or like maybe Tanahashi comes and does a random smackdown, then they're happy too. Um, And yeah, Daniel Bryan ever the company man (laughs) is probably happy for that. I mean, for me, this just, you know, double or nothing we're about to talk about in a minute, completely threw cold water on any idea Daniel Bryan was going to turn up at AEW or or whatever anytime soon. He's a He's a WWE lifer, if I ever seen one at this point, and I think we all need to need to get used to that and and stop paying him, uh, him so much mind.
4: It's a very, he's just a, got a very very comfortable life, hasn't he? Where yeah. like you know, and again, I, I've said this in the past. It's something that we need to just like remember. These people, this is a job to to them, and as as passionate and things like that about even someone like you know Daniel Bryan mm. is about wrestling. It's how many years ago it now is it 15 years ago since he was working the indus and things like that he's yeah. now a multimillionaire wife you know he's got a he's got his life he's got his house he's got his kids he, you know he's it's good is got his lifestyle where he's just doing you know things that he likes to do from just a... Hobby point of view, lifestyle point of view, and things like that that just keep him going. I think this this idea that he's going to be flying around the world and performing in front of fucking two hundred people in a you know a, a small venue or something like that. Yeah. Why 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 would he have the passion to 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 do that anymore? Especially when he's been you know he's been out of out of that world for for so long. I, it's it's just something that that I just don't see. Like it just it it just feels to me like he's a he's a guy who's Happy with his life, making plenty of money, doing what he wants to do, kind of thing. And you know, why with you know, young young kids and a young family is he going? Is he going to suddenly take himself out of the game to be going all over the world and doing this kind kind of stuff? Like, okay, yeah, great, I can maybe go and scratch an itch and do a G one or something like that. But you know, it's you know, I think that any time that there's a money on the table there, and obviously you look at things like the Total Bellas program and things like that, where. I mean, his missus is like a producer on that show and things like that, isn't there? There's clearly big tie- a show. financial tie-in with that, and you know WWE and things. There's money coming in that way and stuff like that. I just, I just don't see it. I think it's, I think it's fantasy, you know, that the the idea that we're going to get Brian Danielson, you know, back being this you know indie mega star working all over over the globe. I just, I, I, just, I just can't see it coming. And 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 then from that point of view, like. Realistically, is the idea of being able to provide a platform for for Daniel Bryan to pop up in a G1 and things like that, is that one individual significantly attractive enough to WWE to throw out their whole way of working as a business for 40 years out of the window just to satisfy, like, Mm. Daniel Bryan, like... They wouldn't even push him when he was the most popular fucking guy in the business. They wouldn't even, you know, the, you know, when he was the guy, you know, that had more fans on side, bringing in the most merch and things like that. This still didn't get behind him then. So why are they going to change their entire business model just to satiate this one guy and kind of stop him from from going to AEW? I just I just don't buy it. I think there's a lot about this as well. It probably just um it, it's just that little kind of leak of information as well. that I suppose gives a bit of an idea of. I don't know, it puts a bit of doubt maybe in Tony Khan's mind, or they're just trying to just make people a bit paranoid and things like that where they think, oh, yeah, we're building these bridges with New Japan, like WWE, just oh, yeah. leak, leak a bit of information and it's a bit like, oh, maybe make them second guess each other. Can we trust New Japan, you know, and things like that, you know, just to put that element of, you know, throw a bit, of, throw a cat amongst the pigeons and things that way as well, you know, certainly wouldn't put that past them because it's just a mm. you know standard little dirty tricks business Tactic, which absolutely is in their ballpark, to be doing doing things like that as well. So, um, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I just it just does not feel like a, a goer for me on 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 any level.
1: Well, Tony Khan said, didn't he, in the double and often pro- presser that he spoke to New Japan and got their their green light to do that promo on Nick Khan and to to reference all that stuff. You know, if you think he's just going off on his own and doing that, I think yeah, the, that shows there's a a bit of a back and forth relationship there. I wonder who is a uh, who is contact was the case in that thumbs up, but apparently that was the case. Uh yeah, again, like I say Thursday, Friday, you know, the internet was alight with all of this and people posting all of their, their favourite dream matches right down to a uh, to Kenta suggestion Kenta versus today Otami. That's what I'd like to see. Um and all of that. It was a massive story Friday, but yeah, I think I feel like yeah, the uh, the the stuff about Brian, you know, whether whether that's hundred percent accurate or not, and then the Tony Khan promo is kind of just thrown a, a lot of uh, a lot of doubt over all of this stuff. So yeah, I think uh, if anything, if anything ever comes to it, comes of it, I've, I'll be shocked. I think yeah, more likely is this uh, AW New Japan Impact triumvirate uh, continues, and yeah, I think if anything, the the evidence of the last two months uh, backs that up as well. Um, but yeah, we should uh, should get into uh, as I talked about there the uh, double or nothing. All Tony Khan did make those comments at the uh, double or nothing presser, but we have got the uh, the little matter of the the show itself that we should uh, get into now. And yeah, this was again um, a pay per view going in that maybe. We were all hugely hyped for, you know, as much as we'll uh, we'll praise AEW and we, we like a lot about the uh, the weekly TV shows. This is a pay per view for me personally, where it was like, ah, it's an okay, it looks like a good show overall, you know. I can't see anything bad on the show, but it felt like it was uh, missing missing a big hook uh, and not just hook himself. Uh, it was missing a, a big a big main event. Uh, I felt like going in, but yeah, we got a we got the pay per view uh, Sunday night on a bank holiday for us. So as we said earlier, we were all uh, all up late watching this one. And it was a particularly long show, uh, which is one thing uh, we can get into. But all in all, I think uh, another another worthwhile uh, watch from AEW. If maybe it had some uh, some peaks and uh, and troughs uh, throughout the show, I would say as an
3: overall. Yeah, I'd go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would have thought. I thought this crowd. That was the main takeaway, show. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was really crowd. Did is, you see Dynamite, the,
1: by the way, on Friday? Did you end up watching it? Because I don't, I don't think many people do. You know? do. Apparently 500,000 people watched it, but <laughs> it didn't feel like I it was mean, really We're not that alone, violent. are we? Yeah. That yeah, was only yeah, notable I for did. the crowd. Like, nothing happened on the show.
3: That was it. Like, mm-hmm. I saw about half it, and I was like, I'm not particularly interested, and it doesn't feel substantial. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like if I miss this, I'm going to miss something big in the build-up to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I didn't. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I thought overall, like, this crowd just... Managed to kind of, and it also dictated part of the booking because it also meant they went down a crowd pleasing route, yes, really um, a lot of the time. I get why, and there is issues with the show itself. If you are asking mm. for an overall grade, mm. I mean, I thought it was good with a couple of very good matches, mm. and but then I mean, it's it, there was nothing sort of like horrifically bad or anything else. It, there was just a dull stretch. Mm -hmm. I found there's just the part of the show where it's like, I didn't care about some of the matches Mm. and there was too much on the show. Like Mm. the four hour thing is an issue. Mm. Like it's maybe they wanted to over deliver for that crowd being back. And the visuals of the crowd looked amazing from those early shots and the sun being in for the buy-in, like it really added something to it. It made it feel like a, like a remake, even though, you know, you've seen them run in front of double that kind of crowd. It's, looked it looked amazing didn't it Mm. and i know wwe obviously ran like kind of twenty nine thousand, but this was like kind of felt close to those ufc shows Mm. um particularly the first jacksonville show where it was just like a series of wild finishes as well so the crowd felt like they were getting exactly what they wanted and going berserk at various points and they did during this show Mm. and thank god for that crowd because i actually wondered what how the show would have come across with kind of very limited numbers, mm. because I'm probably going to be a lot more upbeat as a result of that crowd.
1: Yeah, it was. It was that wasn't it, guys? Was, uh, as I like getting to see a wrestling event in front of proper crowd again, proper people. Like the sound of it, the look out of it. It was. It was just refreshing, wasn't it?
4: Oh, it was, it was it was absolutely great. Like when we just just first switched it on and saw that crowd, and like you say, the the daytime for the pre show match and things, it just it just really elevated everything. It just made it feel a bit more special and just a bit more important. Whereas obviously we've had this long run of wrestling where we obviously haven't had that, so it's totally you know, you, you forgot what it's like, you forgot what it feels like to have a, a crowd in there looking as, again, it's not not exactly the biggest crowd in the world, but still looking like a, a packed out crowd of people that are in there, like genuinely excited to be watching a wrestling show and then like reacting accordingly on the back of that. You know, the the crowd was absolutely, you know, it, it made made the show in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. And it was one that I was kind of thinking about was, I don't know, I was thinking like, am I enjoying these more purely because of the crowd and like maybe if I come back and watch these matches in six months time when we're used to the crowds spin back and things like that will I not find some of this as enjoyable as I, as, as I did there and then in the moment but I think that's the the most important thing is is that live in that moment watching stuff it just it just it just felt absolutely absolutely great and you know it, it, it just got you so excited for You know the coming months, and just seeing the the, the way that things develop. Just because seeing people react to individuals, and like the different levels of pop that certain people got, and sometimes people not getting the reaction that you expected that they probably would get, and things like that, because of the way that crowds have been, you know, conditioned to, you know, smaller numbers or been. You know, more vocally, you know, internally led with it being wrestlers and things like that as well. It was just, it was just great to see the the impromptu elements that you just got, where based on something that happened in the match, the crowd reaction might totally go different to the way that you that you'd have anticipated up up front, and all these things that you just, I don't know, you just forget, and it just, I don't know, it it, it just really made me think about those AW shows that were happening. Just before the pandemic, and you were just seeing things like mm-hmm. the rise of Handman Page and things like that, and then to then see the level of pop that he got on the show yeah. and things like that, yeah. it was great because it just made me think. Like, I was worried that oh, is uh, has the feeling towards him going to have just like died a bit over that eighteen month period or something like that. But no, he came out. He was over as fuck and things. And then you see like where obviously we've talked about. The TV ratings for Darby Allen and stuff like that, and then you then see that translated to crowd reactions and stuff. It's 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 brilliant. Something to where there's been a lot in wrestling that has felt particularly negative for us in the last year and a half, and you've you know it almost feels like you've had this run of. You know, you've wanted to be positive about stuff, but you've been on a downer in certain things. This was like the, the flip side of that. It just, it just left me feeling so positive and so upbeat, and just um, mm-hmm. again, just feeling like yes, there's a positive direction here for wrestling to go in on the back of this show
1: yeah remember that remember when we could judge how over someone was by crowd response like (laughs) I'd forgotten
2: I was the days
1: (laughs) you're not just it's it's whatever like crowd volume Vince McMahon puts on in the Thunderdome or like you know whatever the plants at the front of AEW decide to uh, pretend to react to (laughs) it's like oh fuck like some of these some of these guys are more over than I thought some of these guys are a little bit less over than I thought but overall like yeah god like the amount of you forget that the amount of AEW talents who haven't worked in front of crowds you know there's there's people who just they've came into the company of brodie lee's the saddest example never worked in front of a crowd in aw like that's it's shocking to think about it, it just didn't happen um and yeah you know covid concerns aside you know um there, there, there is still a lot but you know you like to hope people have at least vaccinated or or tested the, themselves or whatever before they do come to these shows yeah you couldn't help but but you know be energized by the visual of this it did feel like it just you know, we got we all got a little bit of our lives back, getting to see a proper wrestling show in front of a in front of a proper crowd. Um, for me, it didn't look like you know because the, the attendance was four thousand or so. I think that's the only negative of Daily's place is it. It's cool that everyone's jam packed in, and you get like that. You know, again daylight kind of feel of like you know those random nitros they do at like universal studios and the like um, and then it looks different and cool but it, it doesn't always look like there's four thousand people there i suppose is what i'd say because of the way that stadium is but it absolutely sounds like there's that many people there and yeah like uh, like dylan said there were still i did find it suspicious actually yeah, there were still aw wrestlers in the uh, in the front row i just do away with that entirely at this point maybe it's a case of they don't want to have the fans being being too close hopefully uh, that'll be the last uh, element of this empty arena uh, style to go but yeah that that's it that is the main takeaway and to be honest again we don't need to dwell on dynamite from friday that was the main takeaway from dynamite on friday apart from that weird big show not working knowing how to work the scales uh, angle with anthony coco and cody <laughs> the main thing was that you were seeing for the first time you know AEW talent coming out there and and getting you know genuine natural um, crowd reactions but we should get into the uh the show itself and we can uh can talk who were the uh, the winners and the uh the losers from all of that stuff and before we get into the main show we do have to talk the pre-show tell you what lads i again went back and uh, did the the retro review of a uh, 2019 <laughs> 2019 double or nothing and on that pre-show they had the fucking um, Casino Battle Royale, the one with where No Legs was in, was in the ring with a with no introduction, and Glacier was in wow. there in, in their very first their, <laughs> their very first number one contenders battle royal. Cody and Dustin are on the main card fighting for nothing and Glaciers in the Battle Royal uh, fighting for a number one contendership you might say that's the way things should be but I don't know um, it, was, uh, it was back when and there were some bad pre-shows weren't there like especially in the early days where they clearly didn't know what a pre-show was for uh, it was more like oh let's get the librarians on you know rather than like no we need to sell a pay-per-view here <laughs> that's, that's what this is supposed to be um, but this this one I think they got that memo live and clear we obviously just finished doing a, our live Grappier Hour and we all tuned in in, in time for the uh, the one low match that they put on the buy-in. And going in, I would have said that's the, maybe the spot for the... I would have expected that would be the spot for the Casino Battle Royale. But I think what they did instead with uh, Rio and Serena D was an inspired decision because one, they got to be the first uh, going out there in front of this crowd and uh, two, they went out there and gave an absolute banger of a match I mean yeah and this is on this is on the pre-show oh, and it might be one of the <laughs> the better AEW pay-per-view matches we've had so far
4: oh, I mean this was just absolutely fantastic it was it was i enjoyed this so much and i think um, i think just coming off the back of i think we were we were talking last week about the match that um, serena D would had with uh, red velvet on dynamite um, a couple of weeks ago and again just with a bit back and what a what a quality match that was and then that, mm. there was like those those tendencies within that match as well that were a bit more heelish and a bit more aggressive and things like that that she did on on dynamite a couple of weeks ago and the way that extended into this one and then you just had her has just been a pure just model perfect professional wrestler, just working knowing how to work that crowd and just get that crowd going at the with with the right things and the elements there where she turned the dial up from a aggression standpoint or she you know she was just like healing a bit more and things like that, you know, just like little slaps and things like that, but just really building that thing of like the the bullying veteran on top, and just mm. um, you know, really positioning Rio as that plucky baby, fit baby face. You know, you know, obviously she's had the belt and things like that, so she's a she's a well-established one. It's not like she's some massive underdog or something like that. But mm. just giving you that different dynamic between the the, the two people there in the, in the match that is ultimately a pre-show. You know, pre-show warm-up match or something like that. But I went four stars on this. Like it was, yeah. you know, for 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 the, the 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 way this was worked and the way that they, they got the crowd going, and then just the the level of, of of aggression and just how everything Serena Deeb everything she does is as smooth as silk. She's, she's absolutely first class, and she, again, again, she's just something that every time I see her, I'm just thinking like. Wasn't she just like locked away training people when she had a WWE contract? And you're like, this is she might be the best women's wrestler in the world today. Like <laughs> when it comes to putting... and I don't think that's an exaggeration when it comes to like putting on matches because every time you see her, she's she she comes across as just like just mm. excellence. Everything about her is just her timing, just the everything is absolute perfection and just like i think when she's like applying that submission at the end she's like driving rio's knees into the match you know just before applying it and things just for that extra bit of hurt before you're then putting on the submission to win the match and things oh i mean this was first class and i think this is like one of those matches where again because it was on the pre-show people might have skipped over it and not watched it and just immediately gone to like the main card or something like that but mm. if you haven't seen this like, like get on it get on it and watch this because like i say it's something that i've given four stars to and then when you you know you look at the ratings on the the, the app as well um it's it's one that is generally come, 9 come 9 across like really positive as well 3.91 yeah. 281 ratings for that tons and tons of people watching and rating that and it's essentially like a four-star
1: match on a pre-show <laughs>
2: Fucking
1: hell. Yeah. like awesome awesome yeah. stuff. best pre-show match ever It'd be up there. I'm trying to think of other examples. That that feels yeah. like a strong statement. But what else is there? Yeah, like what, what, what else what, what is there? Name? Yeah,
3: to mm. that level. And I know the circumstances helped make it as well. It like, is that. with the crowd, with the extra enthusiasm and everything else. The thing. It's funny, like, and I completely agree with Gareth. I went four stars on this myself. I was just like, so I surprised. hated it. I
1: went three point seven five. Sorry, lads. It's my <laughs> fault. The average is three point nine one, and not four. <laughs>
3: <true>. yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it's it. It's a lot of the things that Gareth said. It's mm. it's that combination of her being able to work more aggressive but not full-blown heel. I mean, that's quite a del- delicate balancing act. Mm. But she manages to do that. Mm. Rio is someone who we kind of forget that like she can come in have these great matches. Now, I'm not particularly necessarily enthused by it. The crowd seemed to enjoy her, but I think they would have enjoyed anyone if we're going to be honest about that as well. But they absolutely delivered. This mm. isn't like the crowd carried an average match to make it better than what it was. No. I bit on the near, near falls, even though I totally. suspected that all along that, um, that Serena Deeb was going to win. It's very weird that the NWA women's titles defended on this but it's not announced to be defended on the NWA show. Sounds like current day NWA. <laughs> it does. It does sound like everything you hear about current day. The current day NWA is terrible. Yeah. But it, this is the title that means. I argue. It means more than else, this title. It's going to be watched by more people potentially with it being free on YouTube. Mm. You know that there is that kind of potential to it. But my God, Serena did 34. Is she? Like you put that into 34. Mm. Yeah and she was going to be buried as a uh, as a trainer like it, it, it says something about the standards that are set for men and women, can, isn't it? When it comes to age, yes, I could see her teaching some people
1: some stuff, but you know, like I say, she'd still be absolutely it's the same thing with you know, I, I know she has got detractors, you know, like Sarah Del Rey as well. That was a, always one. Um, whether she's as good a trainer as, a, as some people say is, a, is up for debate, but you know, that's that's them, that's their system, isn't it? That's what they do. Um, yeah, she's like because that's the thing. I think that what worked about this match for me, it was like you say, the crowd were nuts but the pace of the match worked for that they went out there and did like it was just over 10 minutes like 12 13 minutes something like that this thing and just like the pace of it and the intensity of it fed into that like wild crowd and like you say the finish the the um the near falls really worked for that reason as well and there was just there was an intensity to this that i think just really worked for me and yeah like i, say, I didn't, didn't quite go the four, but went 3.75 on it but for me it was it was the serena deep show like i Rio's fine um, just hasn't really made a huge impression on me through her pretty much through her entire AEW run but like I just came out of this like I wouldn't mess with Serena Deeb like when she when she locked in that half uh, Boston Crab for the finish and like she really really cinches in on it it's like oh you could tell in that moment she was feeling the crowd but like you know everything she does in that that ring as well she's feeling it and it's like it's real she's one of those wrestlers with that quality male or female you know who's as good as
3: anybody you know Doing in that style and it was just yeah absolutely awesome way to start the night she feels a very real wrestler doesn't she in Mm -hmm. terms of like like her gimmick is effectively someone who people it's really what she is which is someone who people assumed Mm -hmm. wasn't really up to wasn't really up to it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to kind of mean something on that level and she does and she Mm -hmm. works her ass off and it's very visible in her facials during the match about how hard she's working Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a lot about the sort of AEW women's division, where she fits into it. Like, I'm thinking her versus Britt Baker. is something that I'm already looking forward to. If that's a route they go down, like, again, because she's someone that, like, I don't know if she's under an AEW contract, but she fucking needs to be. Should be. That should be. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, effectively, if she went to WWE, I don't think she'd mean anything because I think they'd have her pigeonholed. So it feels like AEW is, is, is the place where she could be because that's really where she could be like a, like a serious, like really mean something. Mm. Definitely. And, and she's well-defined within that division. For sure,
1: for sure. So yeah, like I say, the uh, NWA women's division continuing to uh, make the AW women's division uh, stronger. But yeah, great way to start the night and the pay per view proper. Um, then began and we carried on along that route. I gave another another match three point seven five stars here, legend. Uh, in Cage versus Page, and as you alluded to earlier, uh, Gareth, you know, Hangman Page. What well, he was the one I was looking forward to this. Like he's been, he's been flat, flound- not flounder and feel strong. He's just been a bit middling hasn't he a bit like that? They, he's A holding pattern in AEW, and it was like, ah, like remember, like the pops he was getting. Remember that natural, like you know, wave of momentum he was getting behind them from the fans. You just wanted to see that was first. It was still there, and tell you what, inspired decision to throw first big baby face to come out on the main card, like, that was the right spot for Hangman Page, yeah. Um, wasn't quite so sure on uh, on Cage's uh, Terminator-inspired uh, look when he came out, but I suppose if anyone can pull that off, it's, uh, it's Brian Cage, he's a big lad, isn't he? Um, but, no, I thought this was another one where it was, like, it was all action again you've got a hot crowd like this you take advantage of it and you go balls to the wall and it felt like they did um and yeah this was another really strong one for me another another 3.75 stars and uh, hopefully the start of yeah let's uh, let's get going with hangman page everyone we've been fucking waiting a while now i know we've been in a pandemic i know we've been in a holding pattern but fuck me let's get to that kenny matching let's get to it soon
3: and i think they will do Mm. for this. Like, on, honestly, to God, he, like, I'm like you guys. I'm delighted. Like I'm delighted that the momentum feels like it's very much there. Mm. I suspect they're waiting for that big moment in front of a big, hot, sold out crowd. And they've mm. just been holding off. And it kind of, that's created the kind of holding pattern. I always think his character allows that to happen. Mm. Him going slightly, being slightly forgotten about feels like that's something you could always work into it. The idea of him losing to a Brian cage didn't feel ridiculous and i've i'll be honest it's probably a little bit of like brian cage credit like i i honestly to god it was one of those pay-per-view matches and you see this from you don't always see it from brian cage he's very Mm. hit and miss on these fronts but he was it was like he was he knew that even though it wasn't going to win it's a big match Mm. he's got a kind of little storyline there as well with him and the slow burn face turn as well and he can do enough kind of big all action spots which he does throw the match. And at times it can look a little bit clunky. I mean, I went three and a half on, on this, but it's what you want from an opener mm. um, for this as well. And I think, yeah, Brian Cage kind of lived up to his end of the deal, even if that gear made him look like, um, you remember from the Peter Geddon episode <laughs> of uh, Brass Eye? And they, and the, and the, yeah, like the cyborg pedophile going across. I know like,
1: what you like, mean. I'm yeah.
3: Not, obviously. It's, not
1: really That's going in the show and just somebody find me that.
3: <laughs> like it's like st- staring across like that. Oh amazing. Cybernetic Roncock, I think they described in the show, but I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> Is another one trending well on Graffle Gareth?
4: Yeah, again it's 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 trending along the same lines as um Serena de Brio and mm. I mean, again, this is—it's—it's it's literally bang on 3.91 as well, like, identical <laughs> to that. But obviously, with this being on the main show, it's had a hundred more ratings than the uh, than right. the previous one as well. Just sort of emphasising that point of, you know, more people watching it. You know, I think this is up to 392 people having rated it at the moment. But again, yeah. I, I was the same as you, Ben. Anyway, I went 3.75 on this. Uh, mm thoroughly enjoyed this you know not only for the aforementioned pop for hangman and things like that that came with it i just thought they had a really nice dynamic between between them and they showed a lot more than they did on when they were on tv you know a few weeks ago when when cage beat him i i i I just loved the way that um the way that they had him there with with cage land and so many of them like real good like power spots with you know the the inside outside suplex that he landed you know there was the mm. um there was a there was a big german that he landed there was a the liger bomb and things like that you know some stuff that cage landed really just looked like like really impactful and really vicious and t- you took him as you know you really took him as credible and it you know at times it didn't feel like such a foregone conclusion that hangman was maybe going to win this match whereas you know whereas 99.9% of me knew that he was going to be you know he was going to be um, when obviously you then had the storyline elements bleeding through from it of like uh, JP says this this you know face turn in the, in, in the future but I love the way that with Taz on commentary something that worked really well was where Taz kept like referencing things like, We didn't plan for this and you know, where Cage mm-hmm. is doing something a bit different, like where he's not go he's not towing the the team Taz party line almost of the things that he he should be doing, or where they want him to like follow up and do something horrible and then he's is is not doing that and things and you add Taz kind of like filling in that backstory there that you know this was he's going off plan here like and you know just again just really selling that element of dissension a bit more in the in in the ranks that he's is not totally on board from a you know a team team Taz uh, standpoint and, and, and things but it was a. Uh, I thought it was a. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was just real good, high intensity, high pace, high action stuff. Great way again to follow up on that match that we'd seen before as the as as the, as the opener to the to the main show, just to to set the tone really and get things going. And again, that two matches into this, with the crowd as hot as it was, with two quality fucking matches, I, I was thinking what like, "Shit, yes, wrestling yeah. is back." Kind of thing. This <laughs> it really felt like a line in the sand here of. Yeah, forget all our all, uh, bullshit excitement about G1s and things like that or, you know, small crowds back in or the odd good match here and there in front of an empty arena on TV, whether it's in, you know, NXT UK or whether it's in AW or in Japan mm-hmm. or whatever. This felt like wrestling is back after at this point in time and oh, I was buzzing at this point, absolutely buzzing.
1: I saw you did a tweet about that saying that, yeah, sod the, uh, oh yeah, the crowds are back at the Prem, the crowds are back for the Champions League final. No, this is what we yeah. wanted the crowds back for, wasn't oh.
4: it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it, was, it was funny because I, I, I tweeted about, some, I think I tweeted, it was like, I thought the FA Cup final was good with the crowds back. Yeah, now, yeah that's and it. This is this is awesome. Now because Arthur's liked that tweet, I've then subsequently had like loads of Blackpool fans tweet um, liking that tweet over the last 24 hours. Clearly, they must have thought Arthur's liked the it from the, back. From, from, from the playoff final. No, like, <laughs> no, nah, 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 nah. It's not the it's not hey, the, it's not the uh, League One playoff final I'm talking about here. It's fucking Angman Page and Brian Cage. But <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, like i say, per- perfect way to open the pay-per-view proper again more fast-paced great stuff the stuff with team taz and brian cage continues to be to be interesting obviously with him maybe hinting at birth, being a baby face and not going along like you say with the uh, the team taz pan and walking away from her at the end so a nice little uh, story beat to, uh, to pick on there as well but again this was the hangman page party really um and yeah perfect perfect way to start off the show and we went from there into Probably my favourite moments of the night: Young Bucks against uh, John Moxley and uh, and Eddie Kingston, and we can talk about this match in a minute, and I'm sure we will. But absolute moment for that other night for me: Eddie Kingston, John Moxley coming out a wild thing, like. Commentate- oh, the commentators were perfect this was not fucking wwe with them talking over it and ruining it they just sat back they just disappeared at some point like i didn't even notice them go it was like three or four minutes later i was like oh yeah we haven't heard the commentators in a while and they just let the song play They let the crowd go wild moxley and kingston look fucking hyped up like to the point where like kingston's pissing himself on his way out because of how hyped up moxley is like smashing shit in the crowd and that. Uh, like oh it was Brilliant and like gadding pushing through the crowd to get to go through and to get in the ring and the crowd are fucking like genuinely almost had a tear of my like fucking 4,000 people chanting for Eddie Kingston. Like, fuck that man. Like, I don't know any other wrestler who like deserves that more like for him to get that considering, you know, two years ago, he was talking retirement, you know, when he was over here doing the, doing his UK tour, not even two years ago. It was like a start of last year, wasn't it? When he was uh, last over here and he was thinking about wrapping it up. I can't think of another show. He'd have been in front of that many people and, He is the example of, you know... We all think people are over an AEW, but we haven't known because we haven't had crowds. And it was so clear that he's, he's translated massively to this audience. And I was just in awe of this entrance. I saw Alan Farrell say he's uh, gone back in and re this entrance uh, a few times. And I've done it uh, a couple of times myself as well today. Just what an absolute spectacle. And yeah, if those, like you said, kind of those two matches felt like wrestling was back, this for me was the moment where I was like, yes, wrestling is back. This is This is what we've missed.
4: Yeah, no. I, again, it was just—it just felt like it was just continuing this trend at this point. Because where I mm. said, like, I had the four star there, the three, three point seven five in the first. Again, this was this was my highest rated match of the night as well. i would got like four point two five for this as the as the match of a whole as a whole. Like, really enjoyed the match mm. it's, it, it, itself from you know from what they delivered in the ring. But again, it was all that other stuff around it that was just mm-hmm. just. The, the atmosphere, the presence, the star presence that Mox mm. and Eddie Kingston just like had and, you know, mm. lo- you know, felt like when they were when they were coming to the ring. The book's been very good foils for that in the mm. in the way that they've been presenting themselves recently as well, with, you know, them very much, you know. I, I, I think the the work they've put in to make you dislike them down that heel side of things has, you know, again paid off a bit extra tonight at this mo on this night at this at this particular moment as well. And I just think that jump jumpstart of the match oh, as the streamers yeah. fell, what a perfect <laughs> way just to get this. Go- it was it, it was just it was. It, it couldn't have been more perfect for the ring entrance to then just bleed into that, and the yeah. match to just start in that way. And you mm-hmm. we were just like, "Here we go, we're off to the fucking races here, and this is uh, this is going to knock it out of the park." And oh, it it it, it did for me. I just, I, I just think uh, I think it was just one of those where, you know. Where you talk about the crowd enhancing something like mm. this was again was just that perfect example because it's so many points during the start to finish point for this where the crowd are just going absolutely bonkers and so into it it was uh, it really really set things off and yeah I mean the the the, the match itself again, again it doesn't feel like a match that you can kind of like get into the the. Nitty gritty in detail of I'm almost like I gave it 4.25 and it's not like there's there's little elements of workings of the match that you kind of almost like want to pick apart and like you know pull out um, specifically as to the uh, as to the reasons w- um, why you did it. It was just so good, just in just the the pace and just the the mm. uh, again keep coming mm. back to these words like intensity and I think the intensity side of things is something where. The wrestlers themselves put back in this environment where they're performing in front of fans for the first time. You could just tell that within themselves, it had just increased that level of wanting to work a bit more intensely and a bit more aggressively. And a bit, you know, they were clearly, you know, outside of the work, they were clearly hyped to fuck inside. You know, they were obviously like buzzing, you know, from being put back in this environment as well. And again, it just really just bled into the energy and things like that within 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 the, yeah. within the match and
0: oh
1: like
4: mm. again really, really awesome stuff.
1: I I think for me I think what what really worked well about this was how they structured it because I don't always think. I mean I am I'm, I'm like the low man on that FTR books match from last year you know when they go with the excess sometimes and like the callbacks and such. All that kind of works now, you know. They're doing callbacks and stealing other people's moves, but they're the heels, so it's all right. You know, it kind of it kind of works for like what the books Mm -hmm. are right now. Even if you know personally, I'm not a huge fan of of that act, but I'm always a huge fan of the matches, and it always, you know, I'm never going to say they've got go away heat with me because they can deliver matches like this, and it makes you, you know, it'll make me forget my little misgivings about like some of the the character work and such that they do outside of the ring. But I think what really worked for me for this match yet it was that it was that it felt like an epic tag. It like went that that level further than like you know there was a the, you know the point in the match where um you know frank azarian turned up as the, you know the uh, the elite hunter and yeah. uh, that, that was fucking great because like i genuinely he looked like a fan in the crowd didn't he like in his black hoodie just yeah. like 100 miles an hour coming to her to take out poor, poor gallows but you had that moment which could have been a negative to the match you know with gallows and anderson getting involved and and the bullshit and I would have taken that. I thought, okay, we're going to the finish here. But we weren't. You know, I feel like we had another 10 minutes after that. That was like, you know, that that was one stage of the match. And then once we got the bullshit out of the way, we then went to another stage of the match, which was where, you know, we got the near falls and such. And we got, like, I, you know, call it investment in the characters or all the people or, you know, just getting swept up in the moment. But I bought on every near fall after that point because it felt like it could end at any point. And it felt, I felt emotionally invested, like... Every part of my being wanted Eddie uh, and Moxley to win, and um, you know every time they kick out or every time the be in near fall or the momentum is changing those last five minutes, I was with it for, for every moment of it, and that's like that. I think that's the highest praise you can you can give a match um, in this year. And again, I'm sure the the crowd helped with that for me, but you know I went 4.25 on it myself. Could have could have gone higher. I was hovering over that four and a half button. Um, you know maybe maybe on rewatch I, I might even that up a little bit but yeah same as you gareth absolutely love this thing and yeah i thought it was just the perfect match for the occasion in a match jp that maybe we talked about on friday as being one where eh, there might be you know you know chemistry wise can you see what Mo- D- D- and Kingston yeah. work with like a book style and tell you what they did because it was just you know it was it was just it felt like a traditional tag. It felt like a tag you could see in any in a great tag team wrestling company at, at any point in history just with you know a
3: lot of modern elements added to it That's actually on my notes, Mm -hmm. but this—I was just shocked how well they plugged into it. Mm. Because in some ways it shouldn't work, but it Mm. it really did. And it says so much about the Bucks. And here it felt like, especially with Nick Jackson's new look, Mm. which really works. I think them as as an ultimate like kind of really shitty heels, and his kind of laconic matter manner works better like kind of the promos if you watch the package at the start it, I, I went four stars on this but i was actually in the i was actually starting to re-watch it because i was watching the entrance so i was like that feels a bit low like i was looking i was like okay i, I need to see this again and i will go back and watch it again i g- agree with so many of the points on this i mean i bit on all of the near falls it mm. felt like a uh, dior's day device like stuff oh, like yeah. the when oh, they yeah. did when they That's when so they cool. were going to do the sheet. that was great mm. like when they said mm. it i was like like fucking canny, yeah. The <laughs> day device, like, fair enough. And the um, and uh, like when they were gonna, we were trying to set up Moxley for the um shield power bomb, and right. they were doing all the mannerums and stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff where you, like, it's like you think whatever you think about the Bucks on that kind of week to week TV basis and their characters. When it comes to big matches, when don't they deliver? Yeah, it's true. Like that's really it now. It's like when don't yeah. they do it? because you really strike like there's matches of theirs where you you don't like as much as other matches they're never bad like they are like kind they are so genuinely incredible which is kind of why i was like all right the finish you'd completely convince like convinced <sighs> That's me kill them, well, didn't that- they? yeah yeah i mean i don't know i still think there's there's places that they can go with it i was shocked that they pinned, pinned um moxley though hmm. that was the that was, i was like also kind of surprised by uh surprised by that but yeah, um, I went four stars. I'm willing to rewatch on this. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it was it was it was a it was a, re- it was a really good tag match. And at this point, it was very much three for three.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was looking like one of the greatest
3: matches uh, of all time at this point.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, and,
4: and, and, and for that point about like the tag and the, the way it was structured and the way um, whether it w- they would work as a partnership and things like that, I think it was after the after they did that shield fist bump spot um <laughs> there was a hot tag to eddie kingston oh mate
1: yeah you gotta mention
4: was, that it, yeah. it was it was the hottest hot tag like yes. him coming in i was again just for, just for that moment of you know working <sighs> to get to that point for him to be able to come in that was one where you know you're a bigger you know, was, you know <laughs> You're a bigger bloody Eddie Kingston man than me, kind of thing, you know. But I, and I've I've definitely grown and enjoyed him like more and more as mm-hmm. as this AUW runs gone. But I, I had a tear in my eye for that one. that, that, that fucking hot tag. Oh. I, thought, I just thought, like, oh, what does Eddie Kingston feel like right now? Kind yeah. of him coming in there. It's just like house of fire kind of thing. Like I was just, oh God, Eddie, like I was yeah. proper behind him so much. And then you you just think again, what do you you know, in this day and age as a You know, forty two year old wrestling fan like there behind the baby face full on, full tilt, wanting him to get that hot tag and come in. I was fucking with him all the way and you know what you know, that's that's what a reflection of the way that the the character's been built, but then the match has been built for that to happen Mm. as well. Just Mm. great stuff.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So again, I'm with you Gareth, high points of the night for me. What's the grapple average for it?
4: Yeah, the grapple average is uh, pretty much bang on with us there. It's at 4.24 um, right. currently as, as well. That's off 398 ratings at the minute as well. So, you know, yeah. like big and, and growing audience there. But yeah, 4.25, essentially an average hell of a match. It's going to be right up. You know, it's where we're talking about, you know, grapple 100 and things like that later mm. in the year this is yeah. this will be being there in the reckoning for sure and i think when you look at you know when i break things down and look at things like tag team match of the air and stuff like that you know this is obviously going to be be right up there in the mix with that one
1: definitely mm. definitely um Onto, onto other matters, and as you alluded to, JP, it wasn't all as strong, but there was definitely strong elements uh, in this next one. The uh, it's casino.
3: not awful; it's not like a WWE pay per view where it fucking sinks into no, no, a but bit. nothing had,
1: like that. We had a couple of low moments, mainly to be honest. This next one, the it's casino where I battle I royale, but how did you? Yeah, well, was it when Mahardi yeah. and, and his mates like took over the match for like twenty minutes? It felt like, cause I, fell, <laughs> yeah, I felt like because that's when I felt that's when I felt like I was asleep. the casino battle royale.
3: Christian role. Cage just laying down on the mat. Yeah. Go, and I, for a while i was like is he in this
1: <laughs> he did do that thing sure, didn't so... where he disappeared for like 10 minutes yeah. and like the commentary i mean it's going to become a point where we're going to have to talk about this commentary but like there was a point where the comment just clearly had no clue who was still in who was still out whether you could get eliminated by being thrown on the uh on the ramp or not <laughs> you know there was a few things like that where they uh they seemed a little bit lost but yeah i mean i'm trying to you know Definitely not going through point by point on this one. Um, Leo Rush was the surprise, you know. Okay, I'm sure uh, JP was rejoicing the uh, the big MLW fan in, in the room. Although saying that might not be eligible for the draft now, JP. So uh, yeah, that could. Uh, could well, but he bad lost news the title back to Mire and Reed, if you oh, remember. Oh yeah, I did watch Reed, that. Yeah, uh, Rush, Rush, oh, Reed, two clash. Yeah. Cool. nice for him, though. I think you know uh, he's, probably, he's still on New Japan strong for three months or something. Like probably, that. yeah, pre-taped. But no, he's someone who, like, he you know he was genuinely talking about retiring. And you know, if you believe, you know, Joey Niles literally got on the mic on GCW shows and basically tried to talk him out of it. Um, and you know, you know, he, he's getting this uh, getting this run now. Uh, we have probably all seen a bit too much of a Mania weekend to be particularly excited about it. But you know, he's getting this A W run. Feel bad from coming in on the same night as Mark Henry because it's like, but wasn't that the story that <laughs> he had the he had heat with? mark henry and in, uh, in wwe um but yeah i don't know i wasn't hugely uh plussed by that one i was maybe hoping for a bigger surprise but maybe maybe we work ourselves into a shoot with these things and start our imaginations mm. run run wild when we should probably be a bit more realistic and it's probably gonna be a matt seidel type or a or a leo rush type for these things but yeah we can talk about that we can talk about what i think was the the main point of the match was the uh, the final two and um, Kristen and and jungle boy i thought that was you know if this was wwe Christian would have went over and the got completely turned on by this crowd and I love that about AEW. that like I think they knew I think as soon as Jungle Boy and Christian were the final two in this match I was like there's no way Christian goes over it they know their audience too well they've put Jungle Boy in this spot too many times you know he's been like in the last couple in the, in these types of battle royals before if they if they have Christian throw him over the top unless the plan on uncertain and Christian heal that's a bad move um, and that's not the way they went yeah we got a bit of back and forth bit of teasing and yeah Jungle Boy went over we got the nice moments after the match with her Christine and Dawson and which was good. Um, I've got to say, as a huge sceptic of Christian coming to this country, I'm still not 100% sold, but I don't think they particularly put too many feet wrong um, with him at this point. I think this is not a bad place for him, you know, in a battle royal like this, being the guy to to be the final guy to put over the young guy um, is is absolutely fine. Use of uh, some of the Christian cages, a uh, point in his career, but yeah, thought that was absolutely the highlight and the most notable point of the match. But there were definitely uh, bits in this one where, like UJP, I was uh, feeling like I was going to fall asleep.
3: I, I thought it's just sunk in the middle of this, really, mm. until those couple of points. The idea doesn't work,
1: does it? You know, the, the five people into no. at once battle royal thing. I just don't like it as a concept. Really, it's and it's always the jobbers in it. It's not like it's the Royal Rumble where it's like thirty big stars going for the world title. It's you know, it's the leftovers and Christian and Jungle Boy and Mahardy. Like it's, it, I don't think it's worth. It hasn't got the weight to to spend all this time on it. I don't think.
3: That's it isn't it? Like you knew from the get go, there was only a couple of people. And we spoke about this who, who were on the weekend show who were going to actually win this. Mm. It was like the mystery person, Christian cage. And then we sort of said, well, who else there? yeah, jungle boy, jungle <laughs> boy was, would be as, as good a shout. So I was kind of happy for that. Cause it's a good TV match and you can go back to Christian cage really at any time. Mm. Can't you, um, Leo rush being in the company. I think there's potential for some good matches. I think that's what he, would kind of offer you. Exactly, Prince Game fit- Yeah, I don't <laughs> fucking bother with any of that. Just don't humour him. Just see if he turns up with the costume, just no, absolutely not. Put it back Put in your bag normal clobber, not fucking <laughs> accepting that in the slightest. Um, but he can come in and have some good matches. It's mm. just, and and you know, and some of them, like people like Ten got a good reaction, which I yeah. thought was a bit like kind of. I thought it was quite nice, but it's also interesting. Like it goes back to your earlier point about. Um, like you don't really know who is over because mm-hmm. so many of these people haven't worked in front of crowds in AEW. Mm. Also, to bring it back, I was delighted the crowd booed the Bucks, which was something that, that kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. I, was I, like, I wasn't oh, convinced of that. that was, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was part of that opening to it. But anyway, back on to, yeah. onto this one. On I'll here. take on that all that Like it, it, it's 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 a it was a overall a kind of it, it was like the right result. It's like twenty three minutes. And there's so much of this that feels like it's just kind of lagging. I think I went two and a half stars on it in the end. Like, it's the right result. I'm I'm happy with where they got to for it, but it's not like it was a pleasant experience in order to get there. And it just sort of brought, it slowed things down for me at that point. And obviously, when I woke up the next day, I started watching from that point, and it still felt like it was like in that little bit of a rut. I don't know, Gareth, how do you feel about it?
4: yeah I mean, I think for me it was just kind of get it was at that point where yeah, likewise, where you'd had those three awesome matches beforehand that you know <laughs> they couldn't keep it going yeah. I think at, at that point, you know, probably was starting to just like feel like I was flagging a bit myself as well from a tiredness point of view and things like this and this and something like this coming along doesn't doesn't help when it lasts as as long as it it, it does I mean I, i'm not I'm not a big hater of you know, Battle royals and the casino battle royale format. I'm not, you know, I'm not overly negative on. I don't mind, but it it is a bit different, you know. And I kind of like appreciate it for the, I don't know, the the mechanism that it is. You know, if it is, there's there's four guys in there who might win it and get the opportunity. Then, well. You know, at least there's 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 four guys in there that you still like thinking about, and it gives you so, gives them something to to work towards at the at the end. I mean, I thought, you know, looking at you know different elements in it, I think it was probably like a good tool for AEW though as well, just to just to evaluate how over certain people yeah. were with that live crowd as well, really. And it was it was almost like a bit of, I know, market research is a word they've used in the past kind of thing, but it was it was probably a good little bit of market research for them as well, really, just to see the reaction some of these guys got. Because, I mean, you...
3: Well, they yeah. react to market research. You'd know that better than anyone else. They seem to take it seriously, whereas WWE do it effectively because they feel like they're obliged to do market research. Yeah.
4: Yeah, no, it definitely, you know, they are, you know, they're clearly led by, like, audience information and things like that but i mean those things that were hugely surprising to me like, like i felt like max caster got a huge pop yeah i, I was really surprised at the pop that he got because it, it feels like i don't know from my twitter feed he's someone who seems to just get slated a lot <laughs> <laughs> um you, you know um, that when um
1: comments over
4: the weeks and things like that but again it was something that ju- you know just came a you know that that surprised me. The level of pop that he got there. There was other things with, like I thought Colt Cabana got a great pop, which I was pleased about. You know, it's I'm always pleased, and happy to see Colt kind of get a yeah. get a good reaction and, and and things. Whereas he feels like he's someone who's been a bit in the background and stuff of late. I thought that was that was nice from from that point of view. Um, I mean, in terms of like more of the the key stuff in the match. I mean Leo Rush been the surprise entrance. I mean, I was just thinking back to our show either last week or the week before, where I think I think my line was, I think after the last few months, I've just realised I'm not a Leo Rush guy at all. So then when when it, he came out, I was like,
1: I did think oh, you, yeah,
4: like you know, I was like, oh god, like that's the surprise, really, kind of thing. But I suppose I'll I'll try and enter it with an open mind and think, okay, let's. Uh, He's clearly a guy who's got you know plenty of upside and things like that, and maybe some of the presentation within m l w and g c w and things like that hasn't been to my cup of tea and someone like that performing in front of a you know, no crowd or very small crowd. He's not getting the same level of reactions for some of the stuff that he, he can do. And then he's probably not putting in the same effort in certain instances as well when he's thinking, you know, his work, you know, who's he working in front of and things like that. So potentially he might squeeze more out of him in the, uh, in the AW environment. But I was just made up to see Jungle Boy go over at the end. And again, it was just like, as you know, we've talked about countless times, having this core pool of people there that they're building as their own stars that they're growing over a number mm-hmm. of years and they're slowly putting this like development and pieces of the puzzle in place. And obviously with him there, uh, he's he's growing as someone in his presence on the card. He's growing physically as well. Like he looks like a much bigger bloke than he did when he, you know, when the company first started as well. So he's he's looking more is looking like less like guy on the street to somebody who clearly working at this level and being able to be in the gym more and things like that. He's starting to fill out and look more Like a a genuine wrestler, I suppose. From from that point of view, they've obviously put the pieces of the puzzle in place by adding the music, which
1: was was so great, laugh, wasn't it? It it was
4: just, it was just perfect. Like, like kids singing in the crowd and stuff. stuff. The the value in the song, seeing the whole crowd singing along, everybody knowing it, and it just, it really, again, it just made it feel like more of a feel-good moment. Where they did the bit with Christian Cage, and obviously Luchasaurus and Marcus Stump were there with him, and things like that. It just had that feel-good element to it with everybody singing along there and it made the win of the casino battle royal feel more important than other ones have felt in the past as well, you know? So again, 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 it was just, it was just another tick in the box that they gave there. So, I mean, although I went three stars on this, that's spot on, you know, for me, like a three-star battle Royal, it was something that I enjoyed to a certain level and and, and yeah, I, I came it? away from it thinking, it delivered probably what i expected from it and maybe maybe a little bit more as well it it was a it brought you down a little bit after the opening to the show but not too far that you were thinking like no oh, this has dropped off a cliff or something like that it still felt Like, yeah, this Mm -hmm. this show's on. And and just for that moment alone at the end, it was another big positive spike to the show where I felt like there was something really strong in every match to this point with that, with the finish with Jungle Boy winning was another great, like, tick in the box there for me. So, uh, again. uh, It
3: it is a common theme of the show that when it comes to those kind of big moments that they wanted to kind of have the big crowd-pleasing moments that they actually managed to do it and generally deliver on it even if you're not mad on some of the stuff that goes along there and it's interesting you mentioned about battle royals because outside of rumbles really like i've always found when rating battle battle royals has has always been a kind of tricky thing because there are means to start storylines really aren't they that's that's the kind of they they have that purpose rather than being like and they they really are about moments they're about like a couple of people going at it for like a couple of minutes at the very end whether it'd be like kind of big stars and that's really kind of what you're rating it on I think mm. for I mean I went I went two and up. you see a lot worse battle royals than yeah this. same but but yeah I yeah you have to bring the crowd down can't you, you can't just have it's not fucking PWG <laughs> <laughs> no i can see
1: that argument definitely and um, for me i just get yeah, the time investments in a match like that just in the middle of a card for me doesn't work but when you say that where else could this have gone you know if it wasn't going to be the pre-show if it couldn't be the opener because it was the first show with a live crowd yeah it, you kind of got a bit of a sophie's choice there so i can see that and yeah overall it it gave the uh, the outcome that we all wanted as well. Like you said, Gareth, we got that that test of who was over and who wasn't. You know, even you mentioned the few names there. Even Brian Pillman got a, you know, nice response. The Varsity Bonds of the tag team mm. got a got a nice response there as well. Yeah, worth it if anything for that that little bit of a, of market research there as well. But yeah, moving moving on from that into. Uh, the next match and yeah <laughs> this is where i was really disappointed i gotta be honest lads uh anthony uh, a go and cody rhodes and yeah i just i feel like they fucked it to be honest like i it's funny. I've been on a roller coaster with this few because I hated, hated that first Cody promo, and there's a lot of issues with it. You know that you can. I was on True Heat on Saturday morning, and they put it way better than than I ever could. You know the uh, the issues with you know Cody Rhodes putting himself forward as like this uh, this person speaking on behalf of you know um, black rights and about you know how him having this multiracial baby is going to solve everything and all of the problematic issues with uh with, with with that that promo that was very very rambling at the time you know as we talked about last week bigger bit of a turnaround on the feud when Anthony Gogo got going you know as far as his uh, his tweets and his promos and his building interest in this thing yes there's a clearly a heavy layer of of irony uh <laughs> involved here you know uh it's not like we're uh a, we're a particularly a british patriot here, but definitely uh anthony gogo uh, gave me a bit about a bit of that you know england and uh in the euros uh that, that i'm hoping to uh to have this summer uh in that yeah you're like oh you know what if we're gonna go full campy rocky movie fuck it let's get into it let's go and he was so good in that role that like it kind of taught me into it a little bit probably the the and signs were there with you, kind of old haphazard that pro, that, uh, that segment was on Dynamite again one of the worst segments I think they've done on Dynamite to be honest it just it went nowhere QT Marshall wasted time for a couple of minutes talking then cody wasted time for a couple of minutes talking and then they just all walked to the back politely it was like come on give us a pull apart at least you've got 800 people out (laughs) what are we doing and that's what this was missing it was just like it was almost like we just went straight to the ring. i was expecting pomp and circumstance i was expecting i'm sure we'd all rip him for it but i was expecting cody to come out like you know Mm. Riding the back of a fucking eagle, or something like that, or like you know a big fucking American flag in the background, or like you know <laughs> flames and explosions and you know all of that, and yeah, we didn't really get it. It just we just got a match, and you know on a show where there are better matches this wasn't the, the place for, for Cody Rhodes to try and carry Anthony Gogo through a 15 minute odd match or however long it wants and have a back and forth and you know see how whether whether Anthony Ogogo can go go stealing that from Alan Farrell um, you know it wasn't the time for that it was the time for bullshit and you know I mean and, to go, Google. <laughs> according to Will that's <laughs> how you pronounce it. who did warn us about the finish of this match he is right but yeah I wanted that and I if, if, maybe I was being a bit, asking a bit much you know 10 second to go go knockout 30 second to go go knockout couple of minute ago go knockout but something akin to that with you know Cody with you know in blood with Dustin holding him up and a big emotional moment at the end that Cody can come back and get revenge for instead we got to see Anthony Gogo do an Olympic slam and uh, you know give a go at wrestling and he looked fine you know we answered that question he looked all right but ah, I just don't know if this card needed this really uh, in the face of everything else on it and Yeah, I just left quite disappointed. Not only in the match, but also in the result. In uh, Cody going over, and yeah, Will will take his victory lap. Maybe, maybe shouldn't expect Cody to to put over somebody at you know Anthony Gogo's level of experience or whatever. Um, But yeah, all in all, came out of this one disappointed. And yeah, in a way,
3: it was something I was actually once it got to the night quite looking forward to. I don't know if I was disappointed, Mm -hmm. and maybe it was just me because I had very low expectations of how good this. You did say that for going in, yeah. And I felt like, so I found myself the entire match almost just watching Anthony Agogo, like quite intensely, just seeing how he moved, seeing how he sold, just seeing his, just if he gets it. And I think he does. Like, I honestly to God, I think there's something there. Mm. Now, I do take on board, like, the, the issue with Cody kind of booking himself to win. And like, originally I'd gone three stars and then I was just like, nah, that's not a three star match. I, I went two and a half, but it's I partly, I think. And, and I think partly I'm doing this because I was so surprised at like, even the moments when he was running the ropes and he was doing his, his leapfrog and the rest of it. He, he looks like a professional wrestler. Oh, a boxer. Now, good footwear crazy <laughs> uh, no different type of footwork no
1: i'm not gonna go at you i'm just saying that's uh oh yeah, yeah. he's true. gonna he's gonna know isn't he like he's gonna imagine that's the easiest day in wrestling training for him oh this is where you put your feet and he's like yeah sounds got it 30 <laughs> seconds done <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: it it's funny that like but even his selling i thought his selling was good like when he was doing things like uh, he was selling his shoulder at various points and, and the rest of it. And then there were points when like Cody would attack his, is um, above his right eye. So he gets the blood into there, even though the blade job itself didn't really kind of work per se. I like the idea of it. Um Where you go from here. I don't know. Like, is this just, we are, it does feel like, and I've been wanting to be give Cody the benefit of the doubt. However, it feels like someone comes in and Cody beats them. And then they kind of go away for a bit. So like, I'm just now thinking, and now what? Because he, he's going to be taking time off. No. So like, like really at this stage, is it going to be, is it going to be Nick Camerato from, from the from the factory or whatever it is they're fucking called.
4: He seems to be paired
1: with Dustin, doesn't he? Yeah, Yeah.
3: Doing that on dynamite this week. Maybe will remember he was so, feuding
1: with Pentagon. Maybe he oh, yeah, that one. Oh, Sting, we built that match, didn't we? Oh, yeah, the Shaq thing when he
3: disappeared from the ambulance. Hey, let's go back to that. He'll, he'll come up with something. <laughs> it won't be a go-go. Yeah, it is, it is at that point where I've kind of more, you know, if this was WWE, would I be doing this? But I'd be more like kind of willing to give him that bit of leeway. And, and really at this point, I was like, and now what? Like, really, what was the purpose of this? Because I kind of thought a go-go has to be kind of destroying you even if he lost and he just took advantage of the fact that he's he's an but we didn't get that and it's not like that crowd massively reacted to it i that think was this surprising. is one of the ones that was where surprising i thought the crowd were quite quiet like mm-hmm. this was the first time and that's for me but i would i would say i thought a go go given the circumstances given how li- little we had seen was much better than i thought and it's kind of really taken to this. And I was thinking of the time that I last saw him, and that was at a terrible Raw House show where (laughs) he was in the ring and he was slapping hands. And he's a very different character from that. (laughs) And, but when he comes over here, I think he's, you know, there's something there, but put him in with the Cody feud. Now you think in hindsight, it's like, okay, it's raised his presence, but yeah. Yeah let's wait and see
1: what do you think to that gareth because i think the counterpoint i've heard a lot is like i think will made the point himself Is like at the end of the day cody is here and the people he's working with are usually quite a bit lower probably should win a lot of these matches probably you know the, the point will always makes is you know he he builds his opponents up so well whether you agree with that or not that you know we all believe they should beat him and then actually should they really looking with a business mind i don't know what you think on that
4: yeah, I mean, I think like when you look at it from, from, from that point of view, you look where people are before they have a match or have a short feud with Cody and where they are afterwards. And gen- generally, I think, if you go through it, it feels like people are, even if they've lost to him, they feel like they've been mm-hmm. elevated to some degree, you know, more more so in some cases than, than mm-hmm. others, like Darby Allen early on and totally. things like that. But you know, even you know, even someone like Q.T. Marshall, obviously he's had a, he's had a a lot of screen time and things to go along with it, which helps. Mm-hmm. But he feels like he's he is more than he was. Three months ago, or something like that, is its is presence on screen, and I didn't hate this as much as, well, say hate this. You didn't say you hated it, but oh, <laughs> you you know, I, I, think did, I just wanted the I, spectacle. I,
1: I, I, I wanted something different.
4: Yeah. I think it's not a match. I, I can, I, mm. I can, I can, I can see what, like, from that point of view, what what you wanted, better because I was exactly the same. I wanted, you know, I, I wanted it to be that something big and something a bit different, and I was all in for like the quick knockout or things like that. Something, something shocking that went along with it, or a bit more like um pomp and circumstance about it or something like that so that, that went that went along with it but um but
3: i think all for, well, for i me, think of yeah, that transversion version. That trans
4: version <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. as soon as, as as soon as i said that that's, that's <laughs> really, I'm right. chewing his fucking cheeks out like,
4: yeah. right, right as well but i think like when i when i stepped back afterwards and i thought about it properly i was thinking well we we've had a match there where there's good logic to it in the, in Cody's approach to the match, where he was trying to keep his distance at points, but he was getting close when he could with the grappling and things. So he was, it showed that he was, Agogo's striking was obviously a threat, and it was something that he needed wanted to avoid. Which you know I think you know it came through there, which sort of put that over. I think Agogo's had more positives accentuated outside of the, you know. Clearly, what we've seen of him is is those one punch destructions of people. Whereas it shows here that he could he could do more, and then so the things that he can do were positively accentuated in a high profile situation with a big opponent on a pay per view as well. So so again, that was something that, that came through there. I think there was a lot of points in the match where Cody was very much in peril, which made a Go Go look strong look a threat you know something um you know further down the line he's clearly somebody who's going to be a you know big opponent for other people within the within the company as uh, as well and you know he didn't feel like somebody who's going to be disappearing away and you know fall into the background or something like that and you know you could argue at the end that he could have or should have won after that you know bolo punch and uppercut but they, as they were putting across, he had two matches, you know, experience, and and the commentators kept coming back to that. And Cody fell, and he, fe- you know, he fell under the ropes, so he couldn't pin him things, and there was that kind of like bleed into the inexperienced side of things, maybe been something that he, you know. That that came to play. He could have maybe moved him and pinned him more quickly as well. And then and then I think also the blood as well. I, I don't know if that blood was intentional or, or not, but the fact that the blood was on his good eye, where they were talking about him been blind the other, again to me that felt like it gave him a little bit of an out as well. Really, and that he was that he was. I, I don't know. He his his own offense was a bit more challenged by the fact that he had like a bleed. His good eye was you know bleeding in and around it as well. So. Mm. I think taking it in isolation as a match and what it achieved and the things that they you know, their ability to take things forward with a go go, I, I think it worked brilliantly, really, the way that it was the, the way it was pieced together. Okay, it might not be the result we wanted, it might not have been that something different that we wanted or something like that, but but in terms of next steps i feel like they've given a good platform for him to come through and be someone who over the next 12 18 months builds on the back of this and becomes an even more credible threat and there's always yeah again you're getting into fantasy booking realms and things like that but there's always the opportunity now for him to just fucking turn up on dynamite and blindside Cody Rhodes and knock the fuck out of him and take him off TV for a month or something like that to, to, give him t- to give him the time mm. off that he needs and then you gear up to match two and maybe he wins match two or something you know potentially it's I know yeah it's pie in the sky a bit because Cody's feuds seem to last four weeks and then he moves on to the next and things like that mm. but I think the opportunity is there for for that to happen especially with the anticipated time off that he's going to need to take yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll see what next steps they take, aren't Um you know, I for me it it is a case of again, I, I don't even I don't I gave the match two and a half stars. I'm not saying I'm saying I absolutely hated it. I don't disagree with, you know, some of what you said, you know, Cody being the, the veteran in there and, and working with with something someone like a go go, but yeah, I mean I, I do feel like, you know, big pay-per-view Cody. I actually quite have high expectations. Like, I know I think Cody's Cody's whole thing is like, he offers something different than the books and, and Kenny and that do. He's like that. He's like, you're buying emotionally. He's like, you're buying to the crowd kind of wrestler. And I, yeah, I just don't think it, it, it met that cody pay-per-view match standard for me of that you know of maybe like you know a big a match that gets the crowd going and especially you know being the first one with a lot of crowd that really gets them them into it and creates you know that bit of spectacle that maybe you don't get it in other people's matches even if the way you know was absolutely absolutely sound but yeah uh, i guess we'll see where we go next i'm not one of them people who's like oh cody's the next coming of triple h or he's the next coming of jeff jarrett don't get me wrong he's a uh, clearly an egotist <laughs> you know not every decision he makes is right and you know things like that promo we shouldn't uh, he shouldn't get away with but you know that is you know the the counterpoint of the fact that yeah you know again darby allen's the the best example but you know people he's worked with you know Coming out better if maybe not on the winning side, um, but again, yeah, with Cody, who knows what Dynamite's gonna gonna bring? He might come out there and cut a promo on Lance Archer. He might come out there and go back to the Pentagon thing. <laughs> There's no predicting it um, where he's gonna go next. But so that's yeah, the, the joy of being of a, a Cody fan.
4: Before before we uh, move on, I can't um, I can't let it go by and not ask you about your thoughts on um, Canines for Warriors, the uh, rescue and rehabilitation <laughs> <Smile>. of dogs.
1: <laughs> Somebody tweeted about this earlier. I was like, "There was a, there was a what? (laughs) Yep." Um, I had to
3: look at that, and then I looked
1: at it. I like the way Gareth's throwing us here, JP, he's being careful. Yeah, yeah, the corporate side of things. (laughs) Don't want big tone to listen. (laughs)
3: It it was a bit weird that this was a very specific kind of charity, isn't it? Yeah. And it's generally like Memorial Day weekend. So you yeah. could be generally doing a bit of rah-rah stuff, but he's it's like someone high up said, mm. I want to focus on the dogs. Mm. So why do you want to focus on there's lot we could get some truth. No, dogs. Mm. Wanna focus on the dogs. That's mm. that's the point of the advert. You're like, okay, so whoever that person high up is really has a thing for dogs. <laughs> and really wanted to kind of set that up, didn't they? I and mean, it's just let us knew. I, my keep immediate, in, my immediate thought now is hiding in plain sight. <laughs> let's just say that. There's no plausible deniability here. Right? Keep, keeping that
1: going. Keep the flag makers in, uh, well, in business.
3: Do you remember that? Remember the, the guy? Oh, who was it? He was in The Simpsons, and he married one of um, uh, Marge's sisters, and he had the thing with the fish. Do you remember that? No. That, oh, okay. You need to look back. Somebody in there will, would, would, uh, yeah, would, would get what I mean. That he has like a, he's a sex thing for fish, which I don't even know that fucking works.
1: <laughs> oh, is this Troy McClure? I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Troy McClure. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> oh fuck me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There is no plausible deny deniability here, folks. It's it's out there.
1: Big tone, hiding in plain sight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
3: tony uh, mcclaw <laughs> which um, on some title. weeks well no nah, let's true. be honest grappling that's been sorted out
2: yeah <laughs>
1: uh, well yeah from from there we went to uh, miro and lance archer um another one that yeah you know i had guy that maybe higher expectations in the new JPM when we did the uh, the preview show talking about this one kind of like just about hit my expectations if not maybe a, a little bit beneath um i went three stars on it looks like that's uh something akin to what the uh, the grapple average is on this one hard one to really break down isn't it, it was a match a couple of big lads did some big awesome moves match. lance archer sorry Miro launched a snake that was kind of the main thing so Big Tone likes dogs doesn't yeah. like snakes that's what we're learning from tonight that was kind of the main thing wasn't it? it was and and the thing about it was like we all knew Miro was winning we just Lance Archer for whatever reason he's just always in the wrong place at the wrong time it's I, feel, I always feel like he should be more no matter what they do with him and really he was just contender of the month really for Miro and yeah I think maybe his, his ceiling's a bit higher than that even at his uh his grand old age
4: I think his stocks fallen. I think Lance mm. Archer now. I think with it's the from the point, I, I just I just think that from the point that he's been in now, and then the, the matches that he's been in, and the opportunities he's had, and the mm. number of times that he's, he's lost now, and things like that, it feels like now he's he's lost that air of credibility mm. to to me. Like he, he doesn't feel he, he doesn't feel like a genuine he, he didn't feel at any point in this match like he was a genuine threat. I didn't no. think for a second he was going to he was going to win this match and that he just he almost just feels now he's just that kind of mid to upper mid card big guy who other people can beat to make them look good and he'll put on a good match and you know good brawls and things like that to to help get them over and it feels like now that's his his purpose in the company rather than him having any you know any bigger bigger role to play beyond that or something you know something something along those lines and it, again it was it's was one of the matches where you know i've gone three stars as well it was fine it was you know it was a good Good enough, big man. You know, brawl. You know, yep. good you know, for, for for what it was. Just you know, some some you know decent little spots there with you know and you know Miro suplexing him on the uh, the outside and things like that. And um, but you know, it's a good brawl really to just to start things off at the start. But it was probably what you expected it was going to be in terms of both the match and and, and the results at the at the end of the end of the day. Um, I think the, aside from. Um, the snake getting hurled I think again Hmm. the the other thing that jumped out to me was from that that crowd reaction standpoint and it was like when Miro went to shout "Game over," that he was slapping on that finisher, the crowd shouted, chanted "Game over" with him. You know, the crowd, the, the, the crowd were engaged into the idea. This is his finisher. This is what it's called, and we're chanting this along along with here as well. And it just showed that element of overness that he that he's got on that crowd connection that he that he does 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 have as well. And you know, it was a it was a it was a nice finish for what it was. You know, obviously they tried to protect Archer a little bit with him. You know. Passing out, mm. you know, as really, but yeah, he shouldn't. Again, examine. it just it, it it showed a good purpose. It, it 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 was a it was a good it was as good a finish as it was to protect him yeah. and make Miro look as strong as they need him to look right now. It it was a match that served a purpose and served it pretty well for me. to
1: it that from the others. Uh, I was going t- to say, that, sorry, to that Miro point though, like you, you say about the Brandon and the game over stuff. Like, how quickly do we all just call him Miro now? Like, what a great name, you know? Like, do you call him Russo yeah. anymore? We don't. Uh, you know, sometimes people struggle. Don't think we'd rebrand themselves after after WWE. And I know the game, it was terrible for a while. But, eh, yeah, Miro, good name. Sorry, just wanted to throw that yeah. in, JP.
3: <laughs> this, no, no, this is the version we want. We want him mm. to be basically Zangief from Street Fighter. Yeah. And that's kind of what he, what, what he is becoming here. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, for me, this was like, it was a Hoss match, which they didn't have a Hoss match on the card. So in that sense, it kind of fulfilled something different on on it. If it wasn't on the show, if you were talking about ways of cutting down this card, this would be one of the matches that you would... I, I know it's a title match and the rest of it, but this would be one of the ones where you'd be considering that, really. And it like for Lance Archer, I agree, but it's, it's one of these things where when he's had those big high-profile matches, they've never really delivered They've always been around like I remember the match with Cody and I was like quite looking forward to it because we had memories of this G1 run and it was I think it was just over three stars. Did he have a match with Moxley? I seem to remember there being one at some point, and I think that was that was disappointing. Yeah. It it falls into this pattern, and I think it's 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 not always his fault. Like they do mention about his back surgery. He has does not have a good back, mm. he's in his forties, like it's you know, long career. It's the type of stuff where if anything, if there was an opportunity for him to go back to New Japan for a run there. Seeing how the audiences react to him and stuff like that, I think that might be might be something good for him. Because I think at this point it's it's very much kind of that mid he's the big mid card lad that you mm. can beat. And I don't know if the Jake I don't know if Jake helps him. No I don't either. At all. Him away I, I, I
4: don't know what he adds. I, I don't know what he adds to the nah. to, to the to the overall package. And, and there has been he times where, where where he's done promos and Ash yeah. has been talking well, and then Roberts has cut in and it's fucking uh, and, and it's uh, it's not been needed. I, I think for him there, I think they they can just slot him in where he can, you know, on on their different programming, he can be <laughs> killing people who are like as you know enhancement talent or, or or whatever. And then he can be there in the middle of the card for a powerhouse Hobbs to beat or something like that on the way up and things like that these days. And you'd guess if he's from an injury point of view and things he's probably going to take that if he's getting a regular payday, he's getting to be not flying to fucking Japan with a bad back all the time. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, that. and he's, he's, you know, if he's that kind of bloke, who's happy to be there to, to, to be giving to these, you know, younger, bigger, host, you know, talents that are coming through as well is, is a perfect p- opponent for, for people to, to build from that point of view. But I think the the days of thinking, oh, he might get a run where he's going to end up with a belt or something like that feel distant past to me. I
1: mean, um moving on shida brit baker uh was next and yeah this was for me the brit baker show i think that was how we kind of predicted it going in um to be fair you know i bought on a couple of the shida near falls more than i thought i would um i think she was in the unfortunate position where you know we're also into this brit baker character that i think predictably she got a babyface response. I thought that might happen with the young bucks and was wrong on that one. But I did feel like that was going to happen with Brit and she is over. You know whether it's you know I wasn't the Tony Schiavone thing at the end of the match was a nice moment. But I was like, God, she's going to be even more of a babyface now. <laughs> After that, I was like, could she not have like slapped him afterwards or pie faced him at least? You know, um she kind of came out of this like the biggest babyface in the world when her strength is being that that dickhead heel. But she is just great value and she is one of it's a bit like it's a Kurt Angle thing, isn't it? She's just so entertaining that people are probably going to year no matter no matter what you do got a great actor with uh with reba uh, rebel on the uh on the outside uh, i think she adds uh, a lot to this act as well and yeah i think it fortunately was the the weaker of the two you know women's matches on the night i think the nwa women's title match blew this away for me you know I went three and a half on it but yeah it wasn't like a i strongly feel about it as a, as a three and a half match i think it was just a it was just a match really um i think there was a couple of awkward spots in the middle they regrouped for a a, a good stri- finishing stretch don't get me wrong but yeah maybe it was the fact that the uh this the, the uh the finish was in no doubt or you know maybe it was the fact that yeah you know we all just kind of wanted just it to 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 get that that big Brit Baker moment and it and it to be over. But yeah, I think this may be under delivered a little bit, even if it you know, I'm not saying it was bad. I still mm-hmm. thought it was a, a pretty, pretty good women's match.
3: similar thoughts. I went three and a half on this as well and I felt the same way. I thought it was quite slow at the beginning. And part of the issue I have with that is that with Hikara Shida, when she's been at her best, it's when she's been absolutely going kind of hammer and tongs from the start and it becomes really intense. And it didn't have that at points, which given the circumstances, I also felt that the interference and it's very funny because I'm going to come into like interference later on, which I didn't mind as much. Whereas here, I kind of didn't want it taking away from it because I, I kind of got the opinion that they already think of her as the big baby face, that she's so entertaining that she's She's over. you mentioned that Kurt Angle White. Yeah. That she is, like, whether you like it or not, that's what she is. She's a babyface, not an orthodox babyface in any way, shape, or form. A babyface is going to be kind of a dick. But when you mentioned Kurt Angle, I was like, oh, God, yeah, of course. That was the thing that that worked for him. It's just that he was so entertaining, you couldn't help but want to cheer for, uh, cheer for him. Even if in his song they're chanting, you suck, it's done in the happiest way possible, isn't it? <clears throat> but I did bite on some of the near falls near the end, which I didn't did expect to back. do, even though. It, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um And it did kind of pick up the steam. And this is again, where I think the crowd took something that could have been seen as being disappointing in isolation. And I think they lifted it to a level where you're like, again, what was the moment they were looking for? They wanted Britt Baker to win in front of that crowd the fact that Shivani come out is clearly like, okay, we're just going with her. She's just incredibly entertaining, so she is that baby face character, and they they succeeded in that, and that was and that was the whole purpose of it. That's
4: yeah, it. I, I'd, I'd echo, echo a lot of what you have said there. To me, I went three and a half with it as well. So It was very good. Like it wasn't on the level of the mm. the first match, and I think it's, it, you know. I think the fact that you you had that comparison in your mind kind of going yeah. in as well, like haven't been so high on that first one, probably didn't help this a, a lot. But again, this was another one where again that crowd element was so important, and you know, like you have said about the baby face leanings there with the the whole crowd chanting along to the DMD at the start, and then where you had the the chants quite early with your your let's go cheater DMD and things like that. You know, it was it was it was it was very clear that it was uh, split and positive from. from um, um, from that standpoint, with plenty of people positive towards towards Brit, but then also just from a again, really just to echo some of the points that you just said there. Really, about though, is biting on stuff because again, I didn't think there was a second
2: uh,
4: that Shida was going to win this match going into it. But there was points in this where there was a couple of near falls that I really bit on. You know, I think there was one after a Falcon arrow by Shida that you know felt really close. There was there was. Um, there was one as well where she like I think right at the end where she hit like a jump and knee strike and then the Thomas She and Brick kicked out really really late. You know it was a proper two point nine nine kick out um, on that one that you know I, I I bought into as as well. So I think from from that standpoint they 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 made things work and um, got that level of level of investment from the audience as well. I quite liked some of the bits as well with with Shida where they they showed um a certain level of aggression with her that hasn't been seen necessarily before as well i think where there there was a point where it was like right in the camera and she was like proper ragging like brit baker's nose like she has her fingers in her nose and was really like pulling at her nose and things which again having with the with the previous nose injury going into it and things like that i thought that was a nice little touch as well that you know shida was Sinking to those depths, I suppose, to you know, keep hold of her title, and you know, been in that real physical fight with with, with Baker as well. But at the end of the day, like three and a half stars for a match is a good rating for a, for a match it worked on a lot of different levels Britt Baker's over like fuck and she's going to be an absolute superstar she's got a line of people there to work with in your Serena Deeb's and Thunder Roses immediately as, as as well as any possible stuff with Ashida in, in the immediate future and then the likes of your Chris Statlanders and Red Velvet behind it and things like that I think it's you know she's Taya
3: Conti Anna Jay
4: yeah, absolutely you know you think of you know the run that Britt Baker's now going to have working with all these different opponents, and there's still there's still some big sort of unfinished business there. It feels like with Thunder Rosa and the quality of match that they had in the past as well, to be putting that out on a pay per view as well for the for the title. I, I'm really excited about this run. I think she can be a genuine crossover star for for AEW and and be that own-grown home-grown star that you know that that they're that they're looking to build and yeah this was just a a really good crowning
1: moment
3: sure yeah yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, moving on then next match uh sting and derby island against scorpio sky and ethan page this was fun wasn't it fun's the word isn't it like oh, i wouldn't go higher yeah. than like i gave you 3.75 wouldn't go higher than that but it was just it was a fun time wasn't it getting getting to see sting come out there get a big response you know like i think they did they were smart early like having him taking that big bump outside you know ripping off his top and showing he can still go in and hitting that uh that cross body which was giving me flashbacks to beach blast 92 uh, and sting <laughs> the thing yeah. with it with a crossbody on the outside it was just cool to see wasn't it and he was he was up for it you know don't get me wrong he's a 62 year old man you know i don't i don't expect big things out of him there's always going to be a ceiling about what you can get out of him but as far as the perfect way to hide those weaknesses and, and have them in a match, I think this was it. You know, it really was. Yeah. A lot, I was into it to be fair from the start when they showed that fucking that road trip movie with Darby and Sting. Like I wanna see that. I wanna see that full length film, black and white, <laughs> them two driver Sting in his full gear. <laughs> Darby came on his skateboard. It's oh, so fucking cool, and it like they're they're such a good double act. Dad and lad is what they are, and like it's, in, in yeah. every way they come... They, emo daddy, dad and lad. Yeah, and they accentuate each other's positives. Like, Sting is not... I don't think Sting is, like, wanting to take the limelight away from derby he wants in a way derby to be the star but it gives him that credibility derby's willing to take the bumps and do the work and and such and take that rub from sting and cover for some of those things weaknesses it's oh what a way to use a legend this is you know if this was tna sting would be the yeah. world champion but you know this is <laughs> this is how you use sting isn't it in a role like this and i just think it was a perfect bit of business this from like say from that
3: video through to the match itself yeah i, I think everyone deserves a shout here Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky as well. Mm-hmm. who I'm probably higher on than most, but I really think they deserve that as well. And, and Sting raised it to a level that I just didn't think it'd be possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Didn't see this, even in the match with Triple H, and the match mm-hmm. with Seth Rollins, didn't really see anything like this coming out of it. No. It was that first point when he took the suplex on yeah. the ramp and he just got up straight away and the look on his face and he was just like, fucking yes. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> He's now. It. I'm completely sold. He's feeling it. He's well up for it. But then they structured it in the way that we said that it made mm. sense. As a hot tag, it, it was great. I thought his his scorpion death drops were great. He he was working really hard. I thought even the finish, the way it. I think it's a cutter that that Scorpion Sky goes for, but he just easily transitions into the scorpion death drop, and he does the scorpion death lock, and that looked good. That looked good as well. Like this was, this was like one of these matches that kind of overachieved. And I have to admit, it woke me up. It was like, ah, yeah. Like, I mean, so, I mean, I I like the women's match, but there was a part of me thinking that could be better. But this was something that I just thought, I I just want it to be fine. I want him to be all right. Mm. You know, I just don't want anything bad. And it looked like he was having the fucking time of his life. It did. Absolutely did. And again, like I, I would say that press slam that Ethan Page did to, Darby Allen, like, oh, yeah, my god, the margin for error on that, onto his brothers as oh, well. That's time. that's impressive. I mean, usually yeah. it's
1: into a post, but you know, not that those that
3: brothers, is yes. good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> of well, all I went three now. and a half on this because I think there's a there's a you know, you're not seeing anything that's yeah. reinventing the wheel, but what you are seeing is someone being used in the best way possible, but also being motivated enough by being in there with these younger workers Mm. and having a good attitude to it. Mm. I
4: just had a great big smile on my face for the whole thing. It was just... Enjoyable. It was like you can dissect the wrestling or whatever, any part of it. Whether it's the Sting, WCW nostalgia in you or whatever, you know, from having basically grown up with the man and now seeing him in this, in this situation and things like that, it probably means a bit more than if you're some twenty-year-old wrestling fan or something like that, you know, to, to see Sting in this position. And like you say, J.P. You you want him to do well, kind of. Thing. You want him yeah. to still look good and things, and then the fact that he him. does, and then then like he he's
3: not WWE, uh, is he? At the end yeah. of the day, uh,
4: oh, exactly, exactly. And this this is the this is the right setting for him, and and just again, yeah, okay, he's not going to be the quickest guy moving around the ring and stuff like that. But still he still moves fucking quicky. He still moves fucking quick enough, and things. But but then it is his time in in other areas like just the timing of the walk up um, behind scorpio sky for that spot early, you know early on where he like emerges behind him on the on the ramp on the chips and things and you suddenly see him over his shoulder and things the facial expression and think that he's pulling at that point and thinks everything about that was just like this guy's he's a fucking of course, of course it's perfect it's fucking Sting he's a pro he's been doing this all his life he, so his character work is such a big part of him and things and that you know that was just, just I was absolutely loving that so I was like what about him throwing the code red in there as well I was
1: like what the fuck 62 years old Sting it? with his I couldn't <laughs> tell like was he just going for a sunset flip and Ethan was like fuck it we're going all the way with this one I couldn't tell <laughs>
3: But, uh, I wanted yeah, that yeah. as well because it was the slowest code read. but again I just <laughs> thought you oh, know what fan. I admire the fact that you've looked up this move and decided <laughs> oh, to try and do it
4: I, 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 thought, I thought yeah assuming he's going for it Mm. he just wanted to throw something new fresh modern into his arsenal kind of thing there that you know I can do that and I do, so I will kind of you know and, mm. and, and just add that little string to the bow that just made the crowd like whoa you know they've got such a good pop from the crowd that it was it was absolutely ace and I think like you said there about everybody else playing their part in the match and I thought Ethan Page was great in this again just his facials and things like that and just his character work in this was just classic Ethan Page stuff I thought I think he's know uh, he Really, um, he really jumped off in, off the the screen in this 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 particular match. But besties oh, looked yeah, in AW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Overall, overall it, was, it was it was. I mean, and even I mean, I'm talking about there. You don't talk about you know the match, but just that the match structure, just classic old school, like. Tag style, cutting off the ring with Darby, Sting getting the tag and coming in, but Aubrey didn't see it and things. So then it's like he has to go back on the outside. So the build to the you know classic basic tag team stuff, the, and then so then when he does get the hot tag, it's an even hotter hot tag because everyone knows the ref's seen it this time and things like just little things like that that just 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 worked really really well. And yeah, like you say, the video to start it off. Just buzzing off that, like I always think they, they just almost have this like David Lynchian film or something yeah, feel to it. You know, it almost feels like middle of third series of Twin Peaks or something like that. There, <laughs> with, with the, the black and white, and you know, you just it's it, I, I love it. There's the the little atmosphere and vibe they create on those things absolutely first class stuff, and just again, just something that just stands out as being a bit different, but equally. Feels totally and fit in with the Darby Allen Sting dynamic that they've built over the over the time period as well. Quality stuff, loved it.
1: Yeah, so yeah, all had a great time there uh, with that one, and yeah, we went from from there into the world title match um, of the Inning three way Kenny Orange Cassidy and Park. I don't know if this would be a contentious one, but I really didn't enjoy this. Um, I've seen a lot of people go very high on it. And like, I was just having a little scroll through the grapple, and a couple of my mates had gone for Brandon and AJ, gone 4.75 on it. I saw a couple of uh, ratings that high. I saw a few tweets from people calling this, you know, a a great, an all time great uh, Kenny um, uh, performance. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't sold on it, I think, from the start. I think they lost me. You know before the before the bell rang, and I, I I made the point a couple of times. You know on the weekend show and on True Real he kind of talking about it, saying yeah, but when it comes to the match, I'm sure I'll be there with everyone else, and I just wasn't. Um So maybe it's a me thing, but I wasn't it. I would take Kenny versus Cassidy, and I would take Kenny versus Packer's singles matches over this any day. And I just felt that throughout the match, I just kept thinking of the of the, the better possibilities of uh, of those matches. I don't think it was bad by any means. I haven't even rated it on Crapple yet because I haven't quite fully gathered my thoughts on it i'm not saying this is a two-star match or whether it's probably might be approaching a three and a half star match or something still but i don't know i expect more from kenny omega on pay-per-view I laughed when he, you know, did all of the belt stuff and kept using a different belt for a weapon. It was genuinely funny, but I also kind of watch it going, "Ah, do I really want this? Do I want this Jeff Jarrett-esque um, Kenny Omega and you know, the, doing everything he can to to hold to keep the belt and you know, all of the all of the all of the silly heel shenanigans we got near the end with with Don? Do I want that in big pay per view Kenny Omega matches? I'm not sure I do. And um, yeah, it just did it, it just didn't grab me in any way, really. And for a uh, like I say, three and a half stars. If, if, I think that's probably where I'm landing on it doesn't sound like I'm saying I hate it but it's just you know I know what the ceiling is for Kenny Omega in a world title mm-hmm. match and a pay-per-view and I did feel like this show as much as I love the first few matches at this point in the night it needed that I, I would have loved you know Kenny to go out there and have a banger with if he was you know not injured a phoenix or go out there and have a banger with either of these two i think this would have really nailed this as, you know one of the great AEW pay-per-views and as it was for me yeah you know, i say it a lot it was just a match and yeah they didn't they just didn't grab me in any way i'm hoping for uh for a counterpoint from from one of you guys but yeah Felt quite uh, nonplussed at the end of this one. And, yeah, um, it doesn't get better either, but we'll get into that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it. Like, uh, I mean, more than you, clearly. I mean, I I went four-star. I went four-star, so Mm. it was... A very very good match. For You're way closer to the average using. than I am. Then I saw it was a four star mm-hmm. match, but as I was looking on the feed on the app, and I was seeing, you know, I saw a couple of fives going in, a couple of four point oh. seven fives and things, and I was thinking, I was surprised to see, you know, people thinking of it at that that level because it certainly didn't didn't feel that level for me, and certainly not up there with. You know Kenny's best work, really. Which, you, if you if you're throwing those ratings in at that level, you, you you're comparing it to the best of Kenny's stuff, really, sure. by putting it there. And it certainly wasn't um, certainly wasn't at that level. I think. Uh, well, no, it was I best for me, six the, and seven
1: stars, mate, wasn't it? I thought that's what uh, I thought. No, no, Sc- <laughs> Scales scale. I was going say, no, you've gone half notes on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait for his rating, mate. It'll be like five and a half, <laughs> like nailbot. <bomb. laughs>
4: oh, I mean, with, yeah. with me, I think the the things that I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it most. The match was best for me when Pac was on top. I think those were the, 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 those were the bits that I enjoyed the most. And, and to me, that then, like as you've mentioned there, it just made me think about how much more I just wanted Pac versus Kenny. And mm. Orange Cassidy just felt like a, an unnecessary, unwanted bit of sort of a distraction to, to me in the match I mean there were spots that he was involved in which which were good and, were, um, and worked well but I was I was just left thinking if this was just pack one on one with Kenny here this would this would be a far better match and, and I think the way that I think the way that pack worked in this match, he really carried himself as a strong, credible main event world title level. Wrestler, and uh, I felt like he really portrayed that to me, and it it made me just think again. He needs to be positioned being at this level more consistently, yeah, consistently, and not just dropping into those those tags here and there or the six man tags and things like that. I think he needs to be, yeah, positioned at, at, at this level because he. I think that I really think Kenny and Pac have got a you know 4.75 plus average rating match in them i think g to, together i think they, they they can put on something that's that that's absolutely mind blowing there and um you know overall it was you know you know it was a it was it was it was a strong match at, at, at four star but again i think this was another instance where the match suffered from I never believed for one second that Kenny May- Kenny Omega totally. wasn't coming out of this match with the with the title, and I think any, oh, I think any people really bought on
1: it, those it, Orange Cassidy near falls. Like the people oh, who seem to love this were really into that. But I, oh, uh, well, go on. And I, I, ne- I never believed
4: for a second that they were going to put the title on Orange Cassidy. It just didn't. Mm. It, it just didn't. Didn't feel it for me, for me, and I and I, I never 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 bit on those. But I think it was um, I think it was it was it was it was one where at the, at the end of the day it came across good, but it, it I don't know, it, it, so, something was just lacking, and maybe that. That lack of stakes that felt like they were there for me personally, because I couldn't see Kenny lose, and was maybe one of the things that that failed to to, to stretch it beyond that. As as much as I'd have loved to see uh, Wales own pack get the
3: oh, got oh them, my god, <laughs> when he gets pissy about it, when uh, when Excel, oh, I tell correct him corrected him live on, yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, you're wrong. That's his job. <laughs> Yeah, that's like you know you're asked to remember a few things man I'm sure it's fucking typed down where he's from and they've been saying it for long enough haven't they so yeah Tim Ross needs to go go.
1: he fucking sucks he is terrible like he he's got no place on these shows anymore miserable cunt who, like the books tag match moaning about the ref knocker there's a way in kayfabe to talk about that and say like about the ref like uh, and, and the rules and stuff and mm. even get the books over for it oh these dastardly books they're not even following the tag rules but instead he's putting all the heat on the ref and he's putting all the heat on like uh, just the fact that he personally doesn't enjoy the match like there was a point wasn't there, as well which match was it was it the Britt baker one where he like he called the match well worked or something like that was like jim this isn't your <laughs> podcast mate <laughs> what does well work mean if you're gonna have a go at like fucking kayfabe on The show, where's the kayfabe explanation of that, Jim? Um, he's just lost, he's, he's got no every time someone else is in the booth. Taz, Don Callis, it just reminds you that it's like, like, te- I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Say there's 10 other people in, in the company sign, you don't even have to bring someone up from elsewhere who'd be better than
3: him, Which have in that done. booth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck, put big show and commentary. I'm I- fine with that, i would take that over, fucking Jim Ross.
3: I did enjoy the Don Callis commentary when he yelled shit repeatedly and then <laughs> run down to the ringside. I thought that was fucking awesome. I did. I loved love. that. It got bit. me there. I pissed myself at that. And I think, as I, I was thinking about this match because in some ways, again, it's another match I had low expectations for. It was something I really wasn't actively looking forward to. And I found myself going along with it because the crowd were going along with it. Yeah. And so, because that, that was heated, that kind of made it for me. And I went four stars on it in the end, which I, I sort of surprised myself for it. Oh, okay. Mentioned about Orange Cassidy, that crowd love him. Mm-hmm. They fucking loved him. That's now, true. he's had bad television ratings, though, at the same time. Like, he's he's been involved in, like, sort of views that haven't done well on AEW TV, so whether or not that translates in a way, like, with Darby Allen, it does translate. There's, like, a tangible metric that that goes up, and you can... I'm sorry to go into what appears to be Jim Cornette style, kind <laughs> of you can hear you can hear the girls screaming when Darby Allen wrestles and that type of stuff. But you do actually hear it; it's not yeah. fucking entirely bullshit. You do hear that going on. Whereas, like, yeah, so uh, for this, I wasn't sure whether or not I was just sort of taken along by that part of it. I mean, at the beginning, it felt very clunky; like the dynamic wasn't quite there. And then they managed to kind of get into, it. and I agree, especially like with Pack kind of being the glue that held this together. Because you've got two kind of quite excessive elements in Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega. So you need someone to kind of ground it. And he's perfect for that. And his character and his and everything about him. So when they were showing the training bits at the beginning, like mm-hmm. Pax the one who's doing the push-ups. Again, I laughed at that. Um, and in some ways, this is the thing, this is the match I was gonna say that the bullshit weirdly, I think, helped it. And I never normally would say something like that, but I honestly think it did. Like I, I think like the stuff spoken like a true Jeff Jarrett fan. Yeah, yeah, I am. What can I say? He did go very King of the Man. You're consistent. You're not wrong about that. Um, Hey, and the TA title was involved in this. Um, It's it was better than I thought it was going to be, and it was more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be, and that's probably why I've gone with the high rating. However. Where it's still at a point where all the concerns I have about how this title run has gone, it's they're all there. None of them have gone. It's not like any of this has been kind of soothed by it. And I, at this point, I was like, that really one like kind of amazing match. And admittedly, I need to go back and watch the tag match again. The thing that takes it to kind of being like an all-time great card. This is really where you wanted to come. If you have a mega pack one-on-one and you let them just go at it. And you don't mm-hmm. have any of that, and you just put on a brilliant wrestling match for a world crucially, title match.
1: You spend the time building, mm-hmm. pack up for that moment, and give him a bit of momentum going into this fucking
3: thing. You know, I was going to say at times, like it's like he's an afterthought. Yes, mm-hmm. he, he was very he too is. dependable. He was the third you know? part I was thinking that, that, that when Gareth
1: said that before, yeah. like he's too. E- it's too easy to go, ah, we can just, just slap pack and he'll be fine, and he will. But it doesn't mean that's the ideal, you know, use of him, does it?
3: You can still push him. But they, they he, is there difficulties with how long he's over there for at various points in time. But it does feel that way about him. Like mm. you, you can go really kind of full board as him as a serious challenger. Mm. And he's gonna, he is the one in the best position. We've mentioned Phoenix as being the other one who may well have been on this show if he wasn't injured. You know that must be in him. this, mm. it, yeah, like that in it, like cause this reign is severely lacking those great title matches, and this was this was good. I'd say very good. Yeah, but it weren't great. Mm. And that's you know for, for finds his title reigns,
1: isn't it? Yeah, but Hulba, that's oh yeah, the series of Kenny Omega of good, good matches. Yeah, he's, he's raised that water level through his own doing, and we have high expectations for him, don't we? I think that's that's the truth of the matter, isn't it? But what did they do on Grapple Garrett? I think it, it did do pretty well, didn't it? Overall, like I say, well, there's a lot of high ones in there, but the average is actually the second best match on the show, is it? Yeah, it's
4: four point one eight the average, yeah. so it's it's it's, it's high. What I'm saying it's, it's 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 not at the um, not at the level as the the box match. It's obviously mm-hmm. just like a touch behind that, but but again. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people are seeing it as being a very good match. You know, it's that. Fair enough. You know, it's that four out of five match, basically on average, isn't it to mm. to, to to people? Which is uh, which is I think a, f- a fair judgment
1: to me. Uh, moving on, I'll, I'll mention Nick briefly. Mark Henry turned up. Thoughts? I mean,
3: Do they need another commentator? No. going? For... Hopefully, Ross oh, is good. Maybe
1: that's right. what it is. I mean, you know, people will make the point, and it's fair. You know, we can go, oh, I'll bring in another xwb guy. Well, the biggest wrestling company in the world. So most people have been there at some point. But, like, I don't know. I just don't think it's good optics to it. I've seen the meme going around of, like, yeah, Randy Orton taking out Christy and Big Show, Mark Henry, and just another one, isn't there? Like, and uh, they've, they've all uh faced the, the Randy Orton point, punt in the last uh, year or so, and that yeah, they are turning up in AEW. I just don't think it's good optics. I just don't think. Mark Henry's worth worthy. Um, yeah same here you know, Especially at a time when yeah, you've just brought in Big Show, you've just brought in had, um well, like I say, and Christian as well. Yeah,
3: they mentioned as a coach as well, and it was like, what, what coaching is he going to do? Sorry <laughs> to bring this up. It may be teach us like, have, re- have a
1: really good uh, shotgun Saturday night match or superstars match or whatever. That yeah. was remember that time when he was the, he was the super worker because he was doing these great squashes
3: exactly like how long is this going to take you know he had one he had one sort of semi-successful run Mm -hmm. as a as a as a champion like where he had that run oh hello something's fallen off but at the same time that's like not good enough reason to bring him in i don't know what he's going to teach anyone they don't need another commentator they need to actually if if you're talking about a thing that they need to possibly train someone for is someone else to do play by play like in case Excalibur isn't there, and then you mentioned about Jim Ross, but well, can do it, can't he? he can. But I always think as well, you kind of need to think after that, mm. like you know, yeah, Shibani like a generation, mid, like a young guy, mid sixties, yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, we saw him and next- he got enough shows to Still be off. doing mm. this on, mm. and there's enough interesting people. I, I think Colt Cabana, like in the commentary booth, would be absolutely fine. I, th- I think there's there's stuff around that. I mean, I'm quite enjoy paul white why aren't you gonna have him on the show on tnt Mm. he's on dark elevation surely it makes more sense to have him going on to that one as well i mean that's it's that type of stuff i don't see like what the benefit is other than he has a radio show so how big is that radio show in that case why isn't bully ray signed or tommy dream or any of these other people who've got these things exactly how important is is it is it busted open radio is on yeah,
1: well, he normally yeah. does the media scrums here. That's the joke. He always bullies his way to the front <laughs> whenever uh, the poor is are backstage trying to get interviews with Tony Khan. He always fights his way to the middle. Um, he's fine doing that. Leave him doing that. I just yeah, I, I don't, don't see he has this one.
3: Yeah. It's more like the red sea parting. <laughs> I'd have thought. If... Yeah, he's also... gonna bounce off.
1: Him. I also think Jeff Hardy's gonna be coming in soon as well. Like, I, I, I'm not actually against that because I think it's no, I, I'm genuinely not because I'm like, well, we can either have Matt Hardy doing what he's doing now. Or just have them doing the Hardy Boys as a team. I'll take that over it, but it's another name, isn't it? It's another one. It's just like, and that takes the it takes away the juice from a Andrade or a Samoa Joe or you know those kind of names.
4: And and that to me there is like I, I see like. Matt Hardy been almost at the end of his run now in my mind. And like when you, as soon as you say Jeff Hardy's coming in, that just makes me think, Oh my god, they're gonna put the Hardy boys together and we're gonna have two years of the Hardy Boys. Against the books you know, and stuff. before see yeah, see it's matches. just gonna it's gonna stretch that out. They'll have the books, they'll then they'll do the private party feud and thing, you know, you're just like, Oh, yeah, like, and
1: Don <laughs> oh, Yeah,
4: this is this is this is gonna carry out. And Jeff Hardy is just another that just feels so TNA it is just that that kind of move bringing Jeff Hardy in is just so like yeah. you're going to have a fuck oh, sorry my, my brain's running away with stuff now I, this is something I would not even consider but I'm now thinking sorry. Jeff Hardy against Darby Allen where they'll be trying to do he's the, he's the new Jeff Hardy Darby Allen against the, the old proper Jeff oh, Hardy that. And, all that shit Ugh.
3: million and one young lads all saying he was my hero mm. oh, oh god god yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, God, I really don't want that to happen. You've just recruited re- re- <laughs> it. You know, down. Yeah, <laughs> still no. better than Mark Henry. <laughs> <only. laughs> so, well, on the Mark Henry front. The, the only thing I would say about the Mark Henry side of things is, um, while I wasn't enthusiastic at all about him, and when, you know, I did groan when when he when, when he came out at that announcement. On reflection, I was like, like what damage is it going to do, really? Is it going to do more harm than good? probably not kind of thing. And it just felt like a, it's probably at the limit fine kind of thing to have him doing this. And then I thought the same as JP. I thought about the the radio show and other stuff when I was thinking if it's just then another, what's deemed to be embedded WWE Hall of Fame, legend voice talking positively about AEW and things like that. Is it something that again, just gives it that additional element of, Positive credibility to those fringe WWE people who've gone away or things like that. That it might, you know, make them think. Oh, well, if you know he's on the show and he's on the show and he says it's good and he says it's good and things like that, it's maybe mm. just that, just one extra, you know, whatever, bean in the pot kind of thing, and it just makes people think. Oh, well, maybe I will give it a shot. Where you know, but
3: it's just that there are like, I suppose, in some ways, he's not going to come that cheap. He's not like working for fifty quid a night. And you think of where like the resources could be pulled because there are some genuine game changers out there. I mean, obviously Daniel Bryan, CM Punk and Drade are the, the kind of the three that meeting Samoa Joe, you would possibly say as well in terms of, but people who, especially with the first three can come in long term and really do something. Hell, sign some Ojo as a commentator as well while you're out. Oh, yeah, I Him being there. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like Yeah, that oh, one, mate... go Joe over Henry every day. Yeah. You me a comment on commentary. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's the thing about, is this the best way to spend the resources you have? You, you know, there's still only a finite amount of, like, they have a lot of programs per se, but they only have three hours on network television. And it's like, is this the best way to be using your resources? Like I know these other guys come in a bit more expensive, but it's like you've just got to bump up in your TV money from from um, Time Warner then. Jesus, you should be thinking at this point, how do we get Daniel Bryan? Mm-hmm. Because that's someone that will make an enormous difference.
1: Uh, well, moving on then to the main event. And yeah, probably shouldn't have been a shock that it was uh, going to go on last, uh, considering the, uh, the makeup of it. Stadium Stampede 2. Mm. The, the, the sequel i don't know if we needed but we got it um <laughs> partly filmed apparently over the weekend jericho was quoted as saying it was a uh, felt like a film like a uh like an action movie with uh the action coordinator from uh from the john wick films helping them uh putting some of this together obviously bled into uh being in the arena which you know is the right move um but yeah i'm uh i think I i'll be another uh low man on this one um as far as uh enjoyment of this one goes i Outright hated most of this. Um, that, that's the most positive I'll be. Is, is the fact that it ended up in an arena and they put Sammy Guevara over. I thought that was good, and I, I'd like to hope that's the that's the positive of Chris Jericho's influence. You know, the the temptation might have been to put Jericho over, and they went with a young guy instead. I enjoyed that rest of it i just didn't need it uh, i suppose I, I enjoyed the uh the abseiling into the ring i thought into the uh into the stadium that's <laughs> a wacky thing i tried them although as fake as it that was yeah that was uh <laughs> that's a question uh with mjf looking on looking gormless uh and then from there i'm not saying i didn't get some enjoyment out of maybe some of the spots you know the, the the conan you know appearance like okay uh, yeah that'll that'll always pop me um <laughs> actually yeah, i can't think of any others <laughs> and then the rest of it um yeah i just didn't enjoy it i i felt like an inferior sequel to me it felt unnecessary now that yeah. the stick down at the um you know the pandemic period is over um i would have again i'll go to my grave shouting it jericho mjf should have been on this card west where you know if you don't want to do that all the way around do stadium stampede on tv you know i don't think it's not like I mean Blood and Guts did a good rating but you know it wasn't fucking 3 million people was it I think you could have got away with putting this on telly instead of that and putting that on the pay-per-view was it worth, that's the other question was it worth you know throwing away the Blood and Guts results and throwing away that alleged big bump of uh of jericho and, th- and you know bringing him back to tv so quick and pushing fast forward on the feud to get to this point the answer to me is no um yeah maybe i was tired maybe i was grumpy but i just didn't have the time in my life for however long this went it felt like it went an hour and a half to me um uh, and yeah simply put, didn't enjoy it don't know if you're any higher i haven't uh, seen it with a bit of sleep jp and uh and rewatched it today
3: Yes, yeah, funny one because I could imagine, given the length of the show, and even I, I found like God, I was it was flagging for me, and I was watching mm-hmm. it this morning for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. But it felt like putting on another, like uh, putting on a match like this at the end of a end of a show, especially for a live audience as well, at the very end they of were a show. Then yeah, apparently they were into it. They <laughs> were. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I thought the word that came to mind was derivative. Mm. It felt very derivative of the last one, but not as good. So it felt like (laughs) the film Taken, I had no expectation of when I first (laughs) saw that. Yeah. And I watched it. I was like, that was a fucking great, that was a great laugh. Taken 2 is terrible. Mm. Like even the Hangover, Mm. I'm not necessarily a massive fan of. Hangover 2 is terrible. Mm. This one did feel very derivative. There were, it, isolated bits where i laughed and again it was like they're talking about it being like the kind of you know the shad khan thing and even that disco scene with conan which i won't lie they'd gone for some sort of blue oyster aesthetic (laughs) that that, that kind of that kind of scene um but then there were bits like wardlow and hager that were incredibly dull and plodding and it was like you're in a like in this meat thing on here, I thought you'd hang someone up on a hook or something along those lines, but it was none of that stuff. It was like, there was bits, you know, I laughed at Spears being chased by the golf cart, but then you'd have the bit where they go into the room and he sat there on the chair in the spotlight. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is, No FTR said we not going to get any of this. No, that's what they said, JP. Yeah. The wrestlers, you're supposed Bullshit. to believe them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Isn't it? Like, yeah, that, those were the things where, like, for a lot of it then, like, say, with um, MJF and Jericho, they're, just, they're going into different rooms. They go through a door. We mm-hmm. cut to another part of the scene. Mm-hmm. There's an inexplicable biker gang there. Why? Who knows? I've never heard of these things. Never it's heard a circle of circle bikers. I watch this everywhere. fucking show every week. <laughs> like, had you heard of them? Mm-hmm. They'll go, oh, it's the um, inner, inner, inner Circle motorcycle <laughs> gang. I what think I think I got a, a drop on Oh wait, no, it's cerebral motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, so th- th- there was a lot of and and then at the end, what I thought was gonna happen is they are all gonna be coming through. And I thought, oh great. And that didn't happen. It just seemed to be Sammy Gavar in the ring with Sean Spears towards the end. And he looked great. He looked fucking throughout this even when he did the flip up of the wall even when he was doing yeah the jumps around the place i was looking i'm going he's someone who like there's very obvious kind of people who do a lot more overt single stuff who are a lot more pushed like your mjfs and Darby allens and even jungle boys to a certain degree sammy guevara does fall into the mix and then every once in a while you're reminded by like this guy is a serious talent Mm. like and he's incredibly young and he's and he's really he'll be gaining so much from this period of his career. So I was delighted for him. And the moment at the end where the crowd got to sing along with Judas, which is ultimately what they fucking wanted. And then how pumped they were all uh, by being in the ring with them. So in that way, it kind of left on this happier note, but as a match, I was, I was generally quite bored. And then in bits of it, I might giggle and then it would just be like, yeah. what you give it? Uh, two and a half. Mm.
1: Yeah, I just looked at mine. It was 2.25. I gave it. No, pretty much the same. No, I, uh, yeah, it's the same stuff that saved it for me. Um, breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, wasn't in the mood for it. Oh, well, you got it.
4: Higher than both of you. I, I enjoyed it. Oh. Uh, I, I think I've gone, I think I've gone three and a half on it. I think I, uh, match the
2: year.
4: <laughs> I think for this type of match, and we've seen plenty of them over the mm. last, you know, 12, 18 months. Um, mm. Uh, You know, know, I I went into it with incredibly low expectations and I actually came away from the end of it thinking like, you know what, I really enjoyed that. And it was, I don't know if it was just because it was the last thing that I watched and I'd had a big break in between, like I'd had a big break in between and came like a couple of hours later during the day today and, and watched this match. I may have had different opinions if I'd have still been trying to keep my eyes open at fucking four o'clock in the morning and part watching of these, this, yeah. or if
1: I'd have watched Let's do a graph say, a breakdown, Gareth, it, based on time it, zones, it, it, what people gave it star rating wise. <laughs> you know, there'll be like a graph, yeah. like based on where you were. At, like it was ten p.m., <laughs> you're higher.
4: <laughs> it wouldn't say. It wouldn't say. It wouldn't surprise me. But that mm. I just. Uh, I can't, I can't say it, like the, the there wasn't bits in it that I that I absolutely hated which mm. it's almost like turning it on its, its head a little bit whereas when I've watched these types of matches on WWE and things mm. I've actively been going like that is terrible why would anyone think that that is mm. like funny or clever or, or you know something that you even want to include in this and things whereas You know, there were some jokes and things like this in here which didn't quite land, but there wasn't anything that was like ridiculously bad or absolutely appalling Mm. for me from 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 my perspective. And and I think some of the upside elements of it worked like really well for me. Like you say there, I think the Sammy Guevara stuff was 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 excellent throughout. Whether it was the backstage stuff or whether it was the stuff later on in 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 the ring, I just I just liked the way. I think I quite liked the way that it was broken down almost into the individual scenes. I think the pairings off of the of, of, of the groups, and you you just getting those individual elements and things like that that would that work be that meant that there was a there was a, a focus to the to the specific scenes and things like that. I think things like the obviously like throwing in the Conan stuff in there that that, that worked really well. I think I think the worst stuff was the Jericho MGF stuff. I think that was the bit that landed least. For me, and um, like you say, JP, it felt a bit. It felt a bit odd to me to end with Spears and Sammy Guevara has been the two. This is this is all of this that's gone over this period of time, as then like culminates in Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara in the ring together. And it was great for Sammy to get that that win, but it kind of felt like something was a bit lacking by the fact that there wasn't more people involved or at least Jericho and mgf been like directly um involved at that at that endpoint in some way but um nah, it worked it, it worked for, worked for me like I say it wasn't as good as the the, the last one but mm. it was definitely a, a lot better than, than other stuff out there and um yeah it, I I don't know, maybe I'm, being, maybe I'm being too positive because I'm thinking it could have been a hell of a lot worse and maybe <laughs> my expectations were that it was going to be a hell, hell of a lot worse. But um, but in terms of a way to finish with Sammy, Sammy Guevara getting that positive moment and then the, the arena singing Judas at the end, nice way to end the show.
1: Yeah, nice way to win the era, the isn't it, as well? You know, the uh, again, the, the empty arena era and kickstart something. So, you know,
3: like I say, that was... That's what it felt like mm. when they were singing that song. It was a party, that wasn't was like, it, at the end? It was, I mean, and we, you know, we've been sort of pretty negative on the match. But that moment in and of itself actually made me feel good like because you could see how enthused like they were they're just hugging in the ring like hager was losing his fucking mind at points during that bit
1: he should game. do he's fucking he's won the lottery yeah like, like
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if in a circle broke up he'd be fucked like he'd be <laughs> gone within six months like he said yeah, that stable continue on he should thank his lucky stars fucking hell yeah,
3: god he has hasn't he he's has got a job out on this one
1: yeah uh, what's the average on grapple on Akarat like is, is it a lot of like like I say uh, big ratings it's and low all ratings over. all over yeah
4: it's all over the place the ratings but it's, and it averages out at like 3.19 mm. so like it kind of reflects you know, our discussion it's, 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 it's slightly a slightly above the midpoint which did you say you went two and a half and i went three and a half so sort of between us is in the middle it's like an average of three of us isn't it really
1: yeah
4: yeah yeah, pretty pretty much so um Mm -hmm. so that's it i'm just i'm just intrigued to see we talked the other day about how you know i was with you ben and i thought that the result for this needed to be the inner circle to break up and then for things to you know to Move things on from this. I'm just intrigued to see where we now? we go now. I'm guessing that we probably get the Jericho MGF one-on-one match at at some point. But things like Ortiz and Santana just feel so ready for a fucking proper push now to the top. You know, and you know, yeah. getting you know, getting them to have a good run against the books or something like that right at the top of the card now because those two, you know, those two look great. Sammy now looks like he's, you know, is is in a good place to get so you know, get a good push behind behind him there now as well. And you just think like, let's move away from this. This this you know, let the pinnacle do something with somebody else and let the inner circle move on in a in a in a different direction here here now because there's a if it feels like beyond this now there really are flogging flogging a dead horse of something that's that's ran for a very
1: long time to get to this point definitely and uh speaking of flogging a dead horse will's asked in the chat will they do a stadium stamp he says spring stampede stadium stampede three um yes jericho thinks he's got a genius idea on his hand so he's not going to let that go <laughs> they will absolutely do another <laughs> one next year cool. but yeah uh, i don't know maybe i'll be more into that one but yeah i mean we're closing in on three hours here lads so we should should wrap things up but all in all you know i i, I felt i did feel a little bit negative at the end of the show just because you know me personally didn't Didn't enjoy those last two matches. They just weren't really for me in in different ways. But I can't say, you know, I had a bad time watching the show as a whole. You know, and again, the crowd the opening couple of matches like that's what's going to stick in my brain to be honest that's what I'm going to remember you know at the end of the year when we're talking show of the year and things like that they're going to be you know my main memories and yeah while it was a bit of a mixed bag after that and there was things I loved and things I not hated but was maybe disappointed by uh, all in all it's it's a thumbs up pay-per-view from me is probably the uh, the overall take
4: yeah likewise same same from me and it's probably just more echoing the points that I made at the start, mm. it just felt like that celebration to me of wrestling is back. That mm-hmm. it, it was that real positive feeling that you got out of this. There was some, there was some great matches. There was some, you know, good development of stories. There was fun, like really good crowd interactions as well. And and I almost just see this weekend as being the line in the sand of okay, we're the, you know the wheels are rolling again now now we can kind of move on and now we can see what we can see what um a w can do with, with these live crowds responding to to the storylines and characters that they've been putting in, in, in and building and where you have had maybe a little bit of a holding pattern and some held back and things like that. Like now we can we can really see um see what they can do with the crowds reacting to the stuff that they're that they're putting together as well. So um yeah. Just just a real 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 positive weekend for me and just just left me left me with a, a good taste in the mouth.
1: Yeah. We want to go forward from here. We want, yeah. Like I say, that, that that pause maybe we got a little bit because of the pandemic period to come off. Live crowds, big venues, AW on the road, you know, dynamite from different towns each week. Like this summer's looking like it's gonna be a lot of fun, JP.
3: Yeah, sorry, I missed all of that conversation because my Wi-Fi decided to fucking completely go on me during all oh, that Oh, it's Keith Avery. No, I have no, I've no, no idea what you're saying. You're doing a hell of a job between the pair of you. But yeah, it is. It, it, I think the general gist of it is it does feel like life going back somewhat to normal. Yeah, There's some interesting directions, direction I didn't expect them to go in. So I'm intrigued to see what they do, even if I may not be like entirely confident about a few things, mm-hmm. Um, you know. I, I generally agree with, you know, like it, they're a company at least that feels like there are options mm. and there are directions they can go in. And they're always particularly obvious. I'll take that at this point. Whereas WWE, I, I never get that. That's, mm. that's a thing that just died some point in the very early two thousands and AEW deliver. So this one, what it had was the successful moments and it didn't have the kind of, here's the shitty explosions from the exploding rope death match that they mm. did last time we didn't have anything like that and i think that was good yeah
1: still waiting for that perfect big pay-per-view you know with a big five star match on it and a obvious you know show of the year contender but no you're right i the- I've been a little bit disappointed by the pay per views in in general. I think as much as I'll go on a high offer, a lot of weeks dynamite, and this is one where you know, like I say, there are negatives. But overall, feeling positive coming out mm. of and feeling positive going forward with AEW. But yeah, we've uh, we've talked uh, that one up a storm. We're closing in on the uh, on the magic three hour point, lads. It's not like we've got really like other than got we've got no WrestleCur- sponsors who are going to stop us. But you know, we try, we try and uh, at least keep it uh, below <laughs> below that point. But
3: somewhat hypocritical us talking about these shows going too long and. In was doing three hours somebody so. made a real good
1: point about that yeah me having a go at raw i was like actually yeah to be fair we do, do a three-hour show every monday <laughs> we are uh, yeah also
3: guilty of that ourselves fucking but, yeah. more entertaining than raw i hope otherwise <laughs> i'm just giving up uh,
1: honestly hope so hope so and less of an inconvenience to people's lives but yeah just to say uh, obviously uh, as i mentioned earlier uh wrestle a is uh, our sponsor this week uh, please use offer code grapple get yourself over there get yourself a, t- a nice little 10 percent off and obviously uh we get a, a a bit of a kickback as well if you uh, you do choose to indulge in a, get yourself your uh, your own El Fantasmo t-shirt but other than that anything else to plug
3: uh I just the patreon patreon.com forward yes, that's for the right. JP. yeah exactly um we are going to be recording we're going to be doing a mixtape. I think at some point uh along the week this week um, and yes, we're gonna be having a few of our regular shows. So there'll probably be a five to one. There'll more like I think there's gonna be a flashback for ECW One Night Stand. And you've got the daily updates, the weekend previews. If you're on the Brit Rest is Dead Tier, then you can watch all of this as well. Indeed. Live spotlight for mm-hmm. everyone. Um anything on the uh, the grapple side,
1: Gareth?
4: Yeah, I just thank everybody who um who did buy W double or nothing using the the fight link that we had on the the website there, um, so yeah, just anyone who did uh, did order using that link, a uh, big big thank you on, on on that front, and big thank you to everybody who stuck the ratings in on on the app for for this weekend. It's great to see so many ratings flying in over there over the mm, last days. Before I was seeing real big big numbers uh, on there going going in over uh, over that time period as well. So uh, mm. if uh, if you've done that, thank you. If you uh, if you haven't downloaded the app yet. What are you doing? Get yourself onto um, your App Store and Google Play and search for Grapple and, and download it and get involved. You don't even have to mm-hmm. rate the matches yourself. You can just uh, be following along and seeing what people think and picking out the average ratings there and just using the apps to um, yeah find those matches in some some different places, pick out those hidden gems and things like that that you might not ordinarily watch or something. So, um, yeah, go gonna, and gonna download that app if you haven't done already, but I suspect that most of you probably have
1: awesome uh so yeah uh, find us all in the, the usual places and yeah as uh, as always we'll be back uh, with more patreon content this week and back with uh with more spotlight live next monday for our brit res dead to subscribers but for us that's it for another show we will catch you again next monday night bye see ya <laughs> see ya